Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Evolved Idiots Podcast. This is episode number 38. As always, my name is Mike Mendoza. Matthew Nathaniel. And joining us today is... Sina Rasbampur. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks Thank for you for me. joining us, man. Thank you for taking the time out to come yeah. today. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So I have not seen you, and we talked about this before we were rolling, yeah. in what, a year? It's almost exactly a year. Yeah, it's crazy. You know? I, would, I would see you Every four week, times yeah. a week, five times a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would see you at the gym. Yeah. And then I just basically haven't trained for a year. So what what has that been like from being like consistently training to like now nothing? No. Uh, oh, man, there's like so many weird fe internal feelings. Yeah. Because I would say probably for seven years, I train on average, let's say bad week, three days a week, great week, five days a week. Yeah. Minus like. One surgery and a couple broken arms. <laughs> Those are the only breaks that I ever took. Yeah. And uh, now it feels like, you know, I probably weigh like 160, but I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, you fat piece of shit. <laughs> Lazy motherfucker. <laughs> and I just have that voice. I think yeah. I'm sure all of us to some extent have that voice. Oh, yeah. yeah. But see, yeah. I, I, I am actually a fat piece of shit <laughs> right now. So don't but, worry about but you that. you probably worked out more recently than I have. Maybe, yeah. 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 <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it was tough. I, I kind of wanted to separate myself from jujitsu. It's like if you go through a breakup and you're like, you just remove your ex from social media because you don't want to keep seeing that and keep hearing because uh, you know that you can't go yeah. back to it. Yeah. So there was a little bit of that, but then also just missing it and not wanting to just like completely get like rusted. And yeah. Like, but uh, no, I feel like now I'm kind of getting close to getting started again yeah and that's exciting so there's a weird like white belt feeling again right, yeah. with the pressure of living up to the training that you've already put in there yeah uh but no, i'm excited overall that's i'm good. excited what what have you been doing to kind of uh as like a new stress reliever you know what i mean like through, yeah. you know what i mean like jujitsu yeah. for the most part is like great stress reliever you just oh. concentrate on that like and it helps you out like what have you been doing to kind of combat that stress without doing jujitsu yeah, yeah what's what's your new uh side chick yeah. is what i'm saying <laughs> that's actually a great question because it's something i've really been trying to work on lately because uh, i think i probably underestimated how big of a stress reliever jujitsu was because i knew that it was um exercise in general but oh totally and know. uh i feel like jujitsu adds the, the extra mental element right. so you're working out your mind too yeah just coming home and being like super relaxed yeah or like you know i could drive like the speed limit and just feel like i'm not in any rush to do anything yeah and then i think the pandemic is like one layer of stress mm -hmm. and then there's there's work i'm sure everyone's work is stressful to a certain degree and then in law like you're going to fight people basically over the phone or through negotiations <laughs> like every day you know people yeah. are saying stuff to get under your skin yeah and you're trying to deal with all that and uh i was telling you i just got a house and they were going through construction there too so it's like you get home and there's no rest and you know like yeah you wake up at seven o'clock and there's a guy knocking on the door that's going to come in and work on the house like yeah. every day of the week <laughs> yeah so uh i was let's go back to your question um i got into road uh cycling a okay. little bit I feel like it sounds more professional. I was just going to say bi biking, but, <laughs> yeah. but I was trying to take it pretty seriously. And okay. I was like putting in working, like getting in like solid, like hour and a half, two hour rides where I was like sweating after. Yeah. And I did ride a couple of times with uh, 
Anthony from the gym. Okay. Yeah. And, and I met some other friends just like on rides. So that yeah. kind of started to fill the role, but it started getting really cold and started, the sun started coming down early. So it was <laughs> a little bit hard to keep up with that, but, um, workouts kind of like fizzled a little yeah. bit. It's been, uh, it's been tough to keep up with the cold weather. Yeah. And I don't know. And I know we're complaining about cold weather here, but still true, it's true. Yeah. It, you know, 45 no, in the morning true. is still 45. Now, were yeah. you wearing uh, the, oh. the cycling uniform? Decked out. Whoa. Decked out. <laughs> Decked out. You traded in the gi for the, the, the tight well, bike It's basically <laughs> like no what? gi on a bike. Yeah. <laughs> so I was used to wearing spandex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I actually got into it. And I still, I have a love for it. Mm -hmm. That's just you against yourself. Yeah. Uh, but I missed a little bit of the competition aspect of yeah. jiu-jitsu. Um, and, and last thing on the stress relief that I, cause I, I noticed that it was starting to get to a point where I was like a little bit, not myself. I, I, I would say it's the most stressed that I have ever been the past, let's say two, three months. Yeah. Um, and then uh, probably the past like few years, uh, a new year's resolution that I never kept up with was getting into some sort of meditation routine. Right. And I was always against like downloading an app to do that. But I was like, okay, if that's what's going to get me to start, let's just start with that and yeah. whatever. I, I don't need to be too snooty about how I'm going to meditate. Right. So I just downloaded Headspace. This episode is brought to you by Headspace. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it's cool. It's just got me started with like a four-minute routine for, for maybe two weeks. And then it built up to like 10 minutes. So it's a guided meditation. But I have noticed some benefits. Yeah. Just kind of being able to like catch myself and like cool down a little bit throughout the day. I don't know anybody who hasn't tried meditation who has not said they've benefited from it. It's difficult to keep up with because yeah. it is a difficult practice, oh, absolutely. but yeah. it's always beneficial, I think. Yeah. I think it's it's hilarious hearing you say like, you know, after jujitsu, then you're like chill. Yeah. It's like even rolling with it, you're super chill rolling yeah. too. Like, you know, you're like slick, like right. laid back rolling. I'm like, he's trying to trap me into some shit. Like, <laughs> so I, I think I would try. You're right. The, uh, I'm not going to say I'm slick or smooth, but I, I feel like I was, I, I would go into it with the attitude of trying to be in control. Cause I feel like if you can just like generally, if you can be in control of yourself in a chaotic moment, yeah. then it's like you mastered your universe. Basically. Do you, um, do you find it more difficult to be, have that calm head in on the mats or in the courtroom? Oh, in, uh, in court. I'm more comfortable uh, in jujitsu than uh, uh, in court. Yeah. Well, and and I'll explain a little bit more why. So it, you know, I'm a lawyer, but most of the time I'm not in court. That's uh, true. So it would kind of be like maybe it's like saying uh, if you're maybe not the best analogy, but if you're a fighter, and then when you're actually in the ring, not sparring, but for a real fight. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. So it's like you build up to those moments. Yeah. Interesting. And there's. There's still going to be kind of like the lights and there's like <laughs> the butterflies and the judge is super intimidating because yeah, that's true. And, you know, I've done a couple trials with my buddy Massey. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, and trials are like I, I was when I did my first trial, I was more nervous than anything else in my life ever. Yeah. Because you're walking in. And the judge knows all the rules to the game. It's not like uh, like you're supposed to study to learn the rules, but you right. may say the wrong thing and you might get admonished or like basically talked down to by the judge in front of the jury, possibly. 
And they just made up their mind about the case. They're like, who's this bozo? <laughs> you know, and so the, the rules. <laughs> and the, the jury, the, they're literally there just to be watching everything you're saying yeah. to see if they believe you or not. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's some butterflies there, but there's also totally a thrill of like when, when you, let's say, you get some testimony out of a witness that they didn't want to give you, but you got it out of them anyway, or, or the jury comes back and they're on your side. You just feel like you're on top of the mountain, basically. Yeah. Um, so I think the people that are great at trials are totally um, like at heart, like gamblers. And they're totally in it for the rush. And yeah. they know that because let's let's just say like you have a case and. You know, that this case should be worth, let's just say. Maybe it's a juicy case, like half a million dollar case, right? Damn, I wish we <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll call it an extra juicy case. Yeah, yeah, half yeah, a million yeah. bucks. Uh, and you're trying to negotiate with the other side. It's usually going to be an insurance company that's actually like the head of the negotiation. And they're, they're still shortchanging you. They're only offering you yeah. like 350 grand on a case that, you know, maybe doesn't sound like a huge difference, but it's $150,000 still, yeah. right? Right. Um, so... You keep pushing the case further, you keep pushing it further, and eventually you end up going to trial. There's a chance that you walk out of there, not only actually with zero, but that you then owe them, the, owe them costs for having to take the case so far. Legal fees there. Yeah, or you can hit it big and maybe it's a million dollar case in front of a jury. So uh, that's why you got to have like, <laughs> yeah, you got to have that mentality to want to go in and risk it all. Um, and I don't know that I'm necessarily that person. <laughs> and a lot of those, uh, you know, there's plenty of uh, of amazing trial attorneys, but they all kind of have this little, I'm sure it's the same for like amazing fighters where uh, they think they're God's gift to oh, the yeah. planet, right? I think your ego kind of has to, when you're on a certain level, your ego has to be like, I'm untouchable right now, or you're not going to be successful in that moment. You know right, what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and I think I, I probably look at both sides a little more. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, maybe I, I for, for my client, because at the end of the day, you have to be making the right decisions for your client or, or giving them the right information so they can make the decision. And a lot of times it's not worth, worth that yeah. risk necessarily. Do you think that, like, you know, I hear all the time that the court systems are backed up because people litigate everything here in America. And do you think this is like because that's often what the best strategy? I mean, not that you're, you know, but is that often because it's the best strategy or is it because there's so many trial lawyers out there with big egos wanting to make a name for themselves and just take things to court or swing for the fences or roll the dice, like you said, at the table? Yeah, uh, great question. I don't know that I have a perfect answer, but you're totally right that it's like, at least, so I, I practice, you could say civil law, very generally for breaking things up into categories. What is civil law? So there's there's criminal, which would be uh, the government through, whether it's like the, the DA or, you know, the state, they are charging an individual for having broken a law. And, you know, they may be facing, you know, some 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 version of losing their freedom, okay. right? Or a fine or something like that. And then civil Criminal be, activity. Totally. And civil will be, for the most part, anything that's not that. So it's when, if you and Mike have a beef, and not that you would, but if you're trying to settle that. I won't win that fight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's generally in between individuals about something that went wrong. And sometimes a criminal act will then have, for example, O.J. Simpson. 
you know, he was charged criminally and then, uh, which he was not convicted. I, I know he's, he's had a couple charges, but at <laughs> yeah, least for the Nicole yeah. Brown case, he uh, was not convicted, but then in civil court, he, he lost was. and he had to pay a bunch of money. Right. So there's some overlap sometimes, but I, I practice civil law and damn, I forgot what the original question was. I got caught. Oh no, the, the backup of court. So yeah. if we filed the case today, in LA County, which is probably the most backed up of all courts. <laughs> uh, you get assigned a trial date once you file your case and everything else is uh, basically calendared and leading up to that trial date. So you, you're you probably getting trial dates now in maybe 2023. It's just crazy to have to stop <laughs> and think about it. Yeah. What? Yeah. So which, you could have something just looming over your head for a minimum of two years before you even know what's gonna happen for it. Totally. And, and usually uh, the, there's been action on the case before it's actually been filed with the court for at least a year and most of the time. So there's cases that can take like four years to resolve and plenty that resolve way faster than that. But um, most of the time, the work that I'm doing, there's an insurance company on the other side and they know that these delays Benefit are in their favor them. Yeah. for sure because <laughs> They could sit on their money, but if you have someone uh, that's an injured client and, you know, they have a life and they have bills and, and maybe they have a ton of medical bills and they want to start moving on with their life, they may take, you know, 60% of what their case is really worth because that money is available now. Right. Um, yeah. I know it all too well, uh, man. <laughs> know it all too well. So, so <laughs> Mike and I, I, I don't know how much you know, but Mike and I... Uh, we're definitely friends from the gym, <laughs> yeah. outside of the gym, but also Mike became a client yep. at some point. Yep, uh, I was a client, uh, and uh, my case took oh, two years, I think. Yeah, two yeah. years to to. And you didn't even go to court, or did you? Uh, we, I, I could say we'll talk generally about it. There's yeah. plenty we could still say about Mike's case <laughs> without without giving away too much. Yeah. But uh, we did have to file a lawsuit. Um, and in general, I can give you an idea. So, so Mike's so it still case works in that two, two year time frame here. Yeah. I'm gonna let my lawyer talk for me. <laughs> so, well, I'll just tell you generally. So, uh, in, in like a premises case, what we call a premises case, which is a case where if someone's injured on someone else's property, basically, uh, yeah. usually it's a, against a business. It could even be against the County or if it's in public, let's say it's a, it's a sidewalk that has an uneven leveling and you trip and fall. Um, but premises cases, you almost always have to file a lawsuit Com compared to, let's say, a car accident where it's much simpler to figure out who is at fault. If it's a rear end accident, which is the most common accident of all types, you know, it's the person behind. Yeah. 99.9% .9 of the person in front of you was driving like a jackass. Most of the time. So yes. stupid. Most of the time. Yeah. So it's so going to be hard to undo that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, when something happens at a business, like it's not as structured as just a simple car accident. So they want to always point the finger at the person that was injured to say that they did something wrong, mm -hmm. which Mike did nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> able to use that hand. <laughs> you know, it's hilarious before that. Remember I was, uh, you know, I got, I got injured or whatever. And, uh, I talked to a couple of, uh, my parents' friends who were lawyers, right. They didn't want to take the case. And then you were like, I got this. Yeah, yeah. So you took the case and I was like, oh, I felt taken care of. I was like, oh, thank God. You know what I mean? Like someone believes in this shit. Yeah, like, that's, those are the, it's, there's plenty of satisfying like wins for your client. 
because um, you always get more excited for them than you do for yourself. Even if you're making great money on the case, you yeah. still get more excited because usually the client is getting uh, substantially more than the attorneys, but you also know that the money probably means more for them yeah. after go going through everything they went through. Yeah. And so when you hear, because it's not just you, not that I take every case and I can work magic, but yeah. there's some that you, you, you see something in the case that maybe other people don't. And then it's so satisfying when you're like, Okay, this one got overlooked, but look what we were able to yeah. do with it. Yeah. Um, Which is, I was like, damn, like when they were like, there's nothing you could do. And I was like, what? And then I talked to you about it and you're like, no, like let's, let's, yeah. let's get this working. And I was yeah. like, thank God, man. And, and so on your case, you know, this, uh, one of my best friends, Massey, he, uh, he and I were partners for a while. We had a third partner too. And then eventually we each had like slightly different visions for our, you know, our legal career. So we ended up splitting, but we still worked together on plenty of cases. So we partnered up uh, with Massey to, to, to work on your case. And he is basically to describe him, any like the, like the wacko on any legal shows, like the total cowboy, it's, it's him. It's totally him. And his skill is basically like causing chaos and then like offering an olive, olive branch, like in the middle. So <laughs> And, you know, there's plenty of lawyers that can write a better brief or can like, I don't know, have gone to some fancier school, but he will just like, he's the type of person that can insult you. And then you, you end up like becoming best friends in the same conversation because you're like, oh, this guy's just so real with me. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, so he's kind of like, I'm not exactly that person. You know, you try to take on each other's skills through a partnership to like balance out a little bit. Yeah. But Maybe I was more of the structure. He was more of the wild man. And then it ended up, <laughs> it ended up working out. Because we can kind of play a good cop yeah. back up so, sometimes. Yeah, the and Avengers assembled on that yeah. one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's cool. Uh, you know, I have plenty of clients that are friends or family. Yeah. And you do feel like an extra responsibility yeah. with them. Um, where maybe I... I don't know this for sure. And I don't want to speak to, to put words in your mouth. But sometimes I have like an idea in mind of, of the resolution I want for Mike or for whoever that's higher than what they actually want. Yeah. Yeah. But we also, some, a I lot put of a lot of trust in him too. I was like, yo man, whatever you think, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the, the thing that you want to hear the most from a client because that's the easiest to then go do your job when there's go no execute. one that's like quarterbacking you yeah. that actually doesn't know what they're doing. Which happens a lot. Which is why you hire a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. And I'm talking to all of those Persian clients out there. <laughs> <laughs> Your squad. Yeah, yeah, my squad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You hear that, Amir? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's me. It's, uh, that whole thing is like, yeah. A lot of Persians have friends or family that are lawyers, and they just they just think that they are smart people, but it, like, you know, stay in your lane kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, when a client really trusts you like that, you like really want to go, Above yeah. and beyond. Now, I don't know if it's uh, in the norm. Like, you, for my case, you had me, uh, you had me do the video, right? Oh, yeah, Is yeah. that so? Explain why you have like clients do those videos sure. and, and and all that. Okay, so standard case when we're get and this is I'll talk about like injury related cases because uh, there's a million different types of cases people can have, but in a standard like injury case, we usually put together a letter once the person has recovered or mostly recovered 
Because then we understand their injury and what it took to recover from the injury. Lingering injuries, perhaps. Oh, totally. There, yeah. And there's things like future medical expenses that will try to come up with a prediction of what the value is of that. Right. So we'll put together all of their medical records, medical bills, uh, any like photos, any evidence that we have for the case. We put, put it together in a letter. Yeah. Send it off to the insurance company. And that kind of kicks off the negotiation. And I know that there's sometimes clients that just have like, this, I'm going like to... I like how you term that. It kicks off the negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking this other party's getting this big package to, of, of shit that they're not going to want to receive. Oh, yeah. You want it to be something that they're like, oh, my God, how many yeah. pages is this thing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> them. There's yeah. so much. Every step in the process is a mental like warfare. Kind yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Every conversation, every voicemail, what you say in the voicemail, which, which what you don't say in the voicemail. Which is wild man for that mental warfare. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, so usually it's just like documented stuff. But there's going to be clients where I'm like, if only I could just fast track this Whoever's holding that check, right? Whoever's going to be signing this check, if only I could have them just talk directly to Mike or hear directly from Mike. Right. Uh, and and not everyone's going to be a Mike. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be plenty of people that are like maybe not so well spoken or nervous or not as charismatic or yeah. you know their skills or assets are just not going to be highlighted in that conversation. But when you do have a Mike, when you do have like a a winning hand, you want to show it to the other side and say like. If you're either going to talk to Mike in two years from now, once he gets to his deposition, or you can see, like, we're not trying to hide it. We're trying to show you him. So, you know, we set up some lights, set up a camera, got him mic'd up, and, and just let Mike talk about who he is and how the accident impacted him. And it is stepping outside of the box because, like I said, the usual negotiation follows these other steps. Right. And if you can try to disrupt that, especially with an insurance company that loves formulas and loves like processes, you just totally throw a wrench in their engine. And then there's a little bit of that, that chaos that we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, you know, some fighters are going to do better in scrambles. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then others are going to do better, like not in a brawl, but in like a technical. Fight. Yeah. So like if you planned out fight. Yeah. Totally. And, and when you're dealing with attorneys for an insurance company, they have unlimited resources. They've usually been practicing twice as long as you. And they have, uh, you know, 12 people working under them. Yeah. They have a secretary, all that stuff. So when you don't have that, you're just going to like grab some sand and throw it in their eyes. And like, <laughs> let's just yeah. take this motherfucker down and ground and pound basically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, as you could tell, there's probably, there's, I, I see a lot of uh, like correlation between just like a, a fighting kind of a lifestyle. Not that I'm any sort of fighter, but I, you know, I, well, you're a martial artist, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're yeah, a lifelong yeah. martial artist. Yeah. No, like not the best, but I, I totally try to draw from that into my, my legal practice. And I think maybe I learned more through jujitsu yeah, in my practice than I did in law school. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people that, whether it's jujitsu or maybe it's like surfing, whatever it is, your thing. I think it's cool that some people go so deep into something. And they see it, it in everything. It becomes your lens that you see the rest of the world in. So how much do you actually learn in law school versus how much do you learn for each case as you're doing it? Uh, good question. So like, you know, not that I'm trying to belittle law school, but no. like, because I think things change so rapidly so especially today so quickly like legally and just societally and everything else like i just wonder i guess those laws stay relevant for, for forever if you learn them in law school though right or 
or maybe yeah, not? So I would say uh, I think this is true across the board for law school and uh, more so, let's say, like mid-tier law schools and up. It's more about teaching you a thought process than it is the laws because the laws are going to critical thinking. Totally, totally. Critical thinking and then uh, and, and logical thinking, like building up your argument, having like a foundation and taking a step from there and taking a step Maybe from there. Maybe we should send everyone to law school. Oh, I think a year. <laughs> I think a year or at least, let's say, or like... Some a, exposure a, to this processual thinking. Oh, totally. Uh, and and just how you learn in law school. So I'll, I'll try to give you a little bit of an idea of that. Um, it's totally different. Your first... Your first semester in law school is a total like shock and everyone's uncomfortable and everyone's stressed and you're like wasting so much time reading and you're totally like a white belt in law school. You don't understand the process yet. And the teacher's asking you questions and you're like, what do they mean? And like you answer it and they're like, no. And they repeat the question and they're like, you, you could tell like they clearly see this answer that's like totally behind you <laughs> and you have no way of seeing what's right in front of your face. But, uh, you start to just be able to take a set of facts by re all you're doing is reading cases nonstop and you can look through the case of fact, the set of facts, and then you start picking out what's actually relevant here. And then how do we base a decision off of this? Uh, and you just start to speed up that process. So after your first semester, you're kind of like in the groove. Uh, and when you show up to class, it's, I may be butchering it because it's been a while, but it's the Socratic method. That's like the standard way of learning uh, in law school, which is basically a lot of times the teacher's not coming out and giving you a lecture. They teach the whole class by asking people questions. And then- I love this. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so you better read the damn yeah. case before, which like, you know, there's a million cases and you're not going to probably finish your reading for all the classes if you're, I, I didn't do that. Yeah. But you show up and and they call on you. And if like, God forbid you're the person that didn't read the case. You're, sometimes they'll teach the whole class just by asking you questions and basing all of your wrong answers are going to be one day like, <laughs> it's not like this. But uh, no, law school is, it's challenging. It gets easier. So it's three years, uh, at least if you're, if you're doing a full-time program, it's three years. They call it 1L, 2L, and 3L. And 1L is your first year. Uh, it's totally the hardest and it gets easier as you go. But uh, it totally changes just the way that you think and the way you approach problems. And I think it is, it would be awesome if people could get a little taste of that. Um, because, you know, it's just, you just know how to like fend for yourself mm -hmm. in the world when you're dealing in business relationships. Yeah. Or, or sort through information being thrown at you. Some of it true, some of it not. Oh, totally. And uh, your girlfriend will probably hate you because like, she's like <laughs> telling you a story and you're like, that's not relevant. Or like, whatever it is. You're like giving objections to like. Stuff. That's hilarious. Um, but no, law school was cool. It, it feels like it was yesterday, but it was, I think it was like 10, 12 years ago. Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah that's nuts. You know, it's funny. It's like just this week, Tahi was talking about, uh, how jujitsu's like fast paced, critical thinking. Oh yeah. Totally. So he's like, he, you know, you know, his mat chats, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he sits everyone down. It's like, he, he could take anywhere between 15 minutes to 40 minutes of talking yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. lecturing and like he helps like uh, he's probably one of the greatest teachers I've had not just like oh like you're a jiu-jitsu uh, professor Absolutely. but like just a teacher period so it's like seeing all the white belts in front of him and like learning and they're like oh shit it's like mm -hmm. clicking with them like something's clicking with them I think that's why like 
jujitsu, like you find similarities between jujitsu and 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 you know your 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 career because it's just like uh what did Musashi say? He's like once you see it in one thing, you see it in oh, all yeah. things, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's like that's the beautiful part of it all, you know. Totally, and I, I think going back to what you were saying about Tahi, the cool thing about him or or any like great, it's fair to call him a master at yeah. what he does is they'll. They'll tell someone with no experience, some piece of advice, right? And then there's the person, maybe it's me, maybe it's someone else that's been training, let's say like, I don't know, five to 10 years that also overhears that statement and they find something else in there. They're like, oh shit, that is true on yeah. a different level. Yeah. And it's cool to, I'm not there yet, but it's cool to be around someone like Tahi that can like drop that knowledge and you're like, wow, there's this like came out of decades of working yeah. on a craft yeah and it's like weird hearing him talk because it's like it's on another level you know he's on some other i'm like yeah i get it but sometimes i don't get it I'm like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, shit totally. this dude's like on some other on some other stuff you know yeah and i feel like he knows like depending on how you say your yeah whether you really get it <laughs> or he's like i'm gonna let this one go you know yeah you know it's funny it's like just as much credit as like you know john danaher gets being like a, a jujitsu genius and all that stuff like Tahi's on that fucking level. He oh, just, totally. he always, he always is like, he's like, oh, I don't want to like, he hates being in the spotlight mm -hmm. though. You know what I mean? So I think his genius though, in, in jujitsu is like on par with any master that's out there, you know, or better. Yeah, totally. I, I was uh, thinking about this on the way here, just cause I was, I was thinking about jujitsu because I, I think of you as part of like the gym and like yeah, the whole yeah. experience. And I was thinking, it's like, I totally have like gained so many life skills that I never knew I needed just by being a, around a group of people that like showed up to grind through yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Um, the camaraderie. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 Which is like, now it's like what people need the most, I think. Yeah. Yeah. People avoid, they don't like the grind cause the grind's hard, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes it makes it like you, you want that for people so mm -hmm. badly. Once you kind of get a little taste of the the value that it has to yeah. go through the grind. And uh, sometimes I think I do struggle with uh, accepting that someone's just not down for the grind. You know, like, no, come on. Like, yeah. let's get fired. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not easy. I'm sure you as a, as a coach, it's got to be hard, right? Yeah, because uh, – <laughs> It's it's like you're you're giving someone directions. Like let's say let's put it like we're giving someone directions to a physical place. Like, hey, you want to go to Grand Central Market in downtown Los Angeles? You're going to go down this road and then you're going to make a left because I've been there before. Let's listen to me, right? And the person's going to be like, okay, and then they just go the opposite direction, go the other way because they think they know the way to to the physical destination. Right. It's the same thing with martial arts. Is like just. I'm telling you the directions because I've been there before. Just listen to the directions, listen to the Google maps and it's going to get you to the destination, but it's hard uh, managing a, you have to manage uh, egos. You have to manage uh, people, the way people learn. It's, it's, it's tough. You know what I mean? And sometimes the people that learn the fastest for the most part have been, have been like females. Because it's, bet, it's yeah. easier teaching them because they have no the ego. The, they the have no. They're like, they're like, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, just put your feet like this and do this. And they're like, okay, you know. And they learn faster. Guys that come in, I have to break something first, and then like, and then teach them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to be like, 
no man, just like, don't, I don't give a fuck about power. You know what I mean? Just do this and do right. this. So I'm breaking their mess. Like for them, it's like, I, I have to crack the shell for them to grow. And it's like, it's, it's tough to kind of crack sometimes. You know what I mean? We just want to come in and hit shit hard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Just don't go wild. Right. Yeah. Right. But that's where we'll you get no like. Technique. I don't need no techniques. Just <laughs> let me go wild. Lace them up and let me go at it. That's where you get like knocked I mean, out. That's what happens. <laughs> That's what would happen. Exactly. But also, like, you, you get that <laughs> exactly. in uh, you get that in jujitsu. You've rolled with like white belts who come in full blast, and you're like, bro, relax. You know what I mean? Like you're like, this is not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. And why? You're you're talking out of experience because you were that dude once, yeah. and then you're like, that doesn't pay off. Whatever you know, whatsoever. So, martial arts, it's. I like it because like it is a grind, but it's also like, all right, now imagine the grind with Peter on top of you trying to trying to choke you out and break your arm. Yeah. That like waking up for that as opposed to just like whatever type of grind. You're like someone's trying to murder you every time. You yeah, know what that's, I mean? That's like the grind against the grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's what makes it fun. And also, when you just eat plates of shit with people over and over and over again. It, the relationship is different. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Like you, you have a different like, like respect for each other. And I mean, like a, a great example is like Peter and Amir, right? You couldn't get further from political beliefs oh, yeah. than those two motherfuckers at all. They the always odd couple. Yeah, yeah, they always talk shit. They always do this. But at the end of the day, they're still friends. They're still t they're growing together. They're, they're probably two of the tightest friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, just talking shit about each other, but like they know at the end of the day that they've been through some shit together. Yeah, which I, is what I think like the world needs right now. It's like it's okay if your political beliefs are different or something. I'm not gonna say you're stupid or you're fucking whatever. Ha share some grind. I think if Americans really like, we all been through the grind this year, man. This year has been weird for a lot of us. You know what I mean? Like. Just fucking be nicer. You know what I'm saying? Like, totally. you, don't, you don't need to be an asshole all the time. You can just be like, all right, like, whatever. I might, I don't, I don't agree with you, but I'm not going to be like, uh, you're, you write you off. You I know? think that's a little easier said than done. Though. Of course. I, I mean, mean, anything. You're looking at it kind of from a micro or, uh, you know, sort of the perspective of inside an academy or inside a gym, which is one way of looking at it. But I think people come to the gym or the academy willingly looking for that experience. I think kind of circling back to what you originally started this path on was like the expectations you have for other people in your life. And I think mm -hmm. on a personal level outside the gym is where this is even it's more, more of an ideal challenging. Yeah. It's more difficult to navigate because it's oftentimes not just somebody you roll with at the gym and yeah, mm -hmm. you're friends with them and, and everything, but it might might not be your family or a friend you've had since you know high school or whatever mm -hmm. it might be that you're like man i think you know this you know you have these similar expectations for them as you have for yourself and you're like man i know you can do this shit yeah. why don't you just do it and yeah. it's like you have to sort of accept the fact or at least i have had to accept the fact that you know everybody's on their own path and everybody's over their own you know Mm -hmm. decisions and I can't control any of that and their path is their path and my path is my path and most of the time I'm doing good just to keep my sh myself on my own path yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. like it's hard to like carry that expectation even even for yourself 
Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I was talking about like the ideal situations, yeah, you know, like what yeah. I would want it to be. Because, like, man, it's a, we're still in a weird period. Yeah. Especially here in yeah. LA, like yeah. everyone's kind of weird. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, getting it, back, though, the traffic is pretty it, much it, back. It, it the is, traffic, so. see, that's the night, like the traffic <laughs> back, but the attitudes are the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's funny that the traffic is like the, the pulse of LA. Yeah. Right? I know it is. Yeah. So. Where, but where are all these people going to? The work work is back, man. Where are I, they? Like what? Disneyland is back open and shit. I mean, I don't it's supposed think, to be soon, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> shit is shit is opening up it's pretty soon. Yeah. I think restaurants are going to be the next thing under consideration because I think gyms and everything else opens up Monday morning. Yeah. This week, this coming week, which is exciting. I mean, it is. We we've we've gone through some shit. The irony of shutting yeah. down one of the industries that could help people be healthier and build their immune systems during a time of a pandemic of a virus yeah. is beyond me, but Yeah. But like excited. I th I think it's going to at least for me I'm going to try to easier said than done, but try to not forget about what just happened this past year, right? And yeah. just, right. Approach everything now with some more appreciation and like gratitude that like we had it pretty damn good. I mean, I feel mm -hmm. like life was pretty good. Yeah. Back like people had been smacked in the face as a society in a while. Right. Like, yeah. As a, as a whole. And like, like this. Uh, it's been about 100 years, in fact. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was it 1918? Yeah. yeah. Was yeah. the last big plague. Yeah. And it's like this past year, is, it, it's a bitter pill to swallow, but you got to get over it. Like uh, one thing I was, I, I was talking to Tahi yesterday and I was just like, man, like before the pandemic hit, we were doing the best we've, you know, done in business. It's training the most, you know what I mean? Like everything was flowing the way I like the most ideal, like I wanted to flow, you know, right. like everything was a, a, a upward, uh, upward trend. Right. When the pandemic hit and then I'm like, now, like gyms are fucked you know what i mean like um schedules all weird and stuff and i told him yesterday i was like i found myself it was like uh uh i'd be lying to myself if i say i wasn't bitter about it right yeah. and then we talked about it we're like you got to get over it and it's like time will pass regardless you know time's passing you by every like time you know like that's why he's one of the greatest he's like he's like listen Time's going to pass by anyway. You know might what I mean? Well get your black you belt. might, yeah. You know what I mean. You might as well get your black belt. So it's like, for me, like traveling all around the the U.S. and and being part of different teams and stuff. And like, Ty has been one of the 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 fucking dudes to get my mind right. You know what I mean? Because I'm a head case sometimes. I'm like fucking nuts, or I'm like, I'll get in my emotions too much, and I'm like, man, fuck, like this needs to be perfect. He's like. You got to accept the fact it's never going to be perfect, but the time will pass you by regardless. You just got to keep going. So I'm like, yeah, you know, like that's all the shit. We talked about you. We talked about Rob. We're like, man, I miss all yeah. these guys that are, that are here. And it's like, it's a different rub right now. You know what I mean? Like with, with, uh, it'll uh, never be exactly the, the same. Yeah. It'll yeah. never be the same. But it's, like, it's like almost looking at the, at the past year is like you're in a race and you hit part of the race, it's a really long marathon. And, and for a good mile of the marathon, yeah. you hit this really rough terrain that's full of rocks and boulders and it's uphill and it's a downpour. And some of the people that were on your running team, that they're falling behind, you know, and yeah, they're yeah. still in the race, but like some people are gonna keep pushing through at the head of the pack yeah. and some people are gonna start to, 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 to fall, fall behind yeah. a little bit. and. When everybody comes through the other side, you know, everybody will kind of fall in place where they're where they're at. But yeah, you know, some people are, are gonna 
power through a year like the last 12 months mm -hmm. and other people are going to, you know, have to, you know, find their way yeah. on, on the other side. Yep. Which is what we've talked about before, kind of like trying to really set this year up. Like you have to accept that certain things are going to be put on the back burner or going to mm -hmm. be paused or certain things you just can't do anything about. But what you could do is try your best to sort of navigate the situation to set yourself up. So when things do open back up, yeah, you're ready to kind of hit the ground running instead of trying to get up to a crawl and then a walk yeah, and totally. then a jog. And you're in stride already exactly. instead of like trying to get the ball rolling. Right? Yeah. And there's, there's something healthy about a reset. You know, it's Absolutely. like we, we didn't get to choose what the reset was going to look like. Yeah. But I think uh, just like psychologically, yeah. you know, I think that's a lot of reason why some people experiment with certain drugs. It's mm -hmm. just like, boom, we're going to just press pause on reality. Yeah. And then we're going to come back with like a new mentality. And I, I think if you could take a situation like the pandemic and come back with like optimism or like a refreshed attitude or like gratitude and appreciation, then it's like. What's going to end up stopping you if you yeah. can come out of that feeling positive? Yeah. Of course, as a, as a society, it's way harder to do it. But even if you can mm -hmm. start on an individual basis, I think that's Well, that's what thing. creates the society is the individual, a collective of individuals. So if everybody did it on an individual basis, it would then create the society. Yeah. You know? See, me, I'm nuts. I'm like, I need everything to go full bore right now. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's drink coffee, get some, get some work done. And like, I like being in the machine. Yeah. So like, yeah. right now it's like, I'm just getting little pushes, you know what I mean? And then like, try to get us to where we were and better than that. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, there's a certain amount of, of, I think, wisdom with realizing that you can only push so hard and mm -hmm. if you push any harder you're just wasting your energy and resources at the moment mm -hmm. versus well, I look at like even all the 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 good shit that happened during the pandemic we started this podcast yeah you know what i mean during the pandemic you started a youtube channel yeah during yeah. the pandemic yeah. Yeah. so what what kind of prompted you to start this youtube channel uh, uh i just know that if i have unused time on my hands it's not going to be good you know <laughs> I live, yeah, me as well. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. try to fill my time so I don't have any yeah, free time. Yeah, and it's like, it, I could see how that could be a bad thing because like, I grew up with my dad, like waking up at 6.30, just like ready to go, like nonstop. And I was like, does this guy not relax? And now I'm like, <laughs> just waking up 10 minutes after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I knew I had extra time. And I think for me, I'm trying to, like, I feel like optimism is, um, it's like a practice, you know, and it's not, uh, it's not easy to stay there the whole time, but if I can just like, okay, shitty situation, how can I make this better? How can I actually make this better than how I was during the good situation? Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's at least start being like, Hey, I have a little bit of a creative side and I wanted to tap into that. And I just also wanted to use my, my time and, and work did slow down for a while, but I was like, if I had all the time in the world during a busy week, I would still want to do more towards the business. And so yeah. there's like, you know, this, this promotional side or educational side um, that I want to tap into. So 
uh, it's fun. I wish I had more time to put into it. Yeah. yeah. And I wish I had like, you know, I know you guys have said it, like, I wish I had like a Jamie or whatever. So, yeah. you know, yeah, somebody yeah, to be sure. helping out, but, uh, it starts somewhere. You know? It's it's pretty good. I, I, I did lit, watch a, watch a few of them. I, I actually really enjoyed the Justin Bieber one. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Cause it was hilarious to me, like watching him sit in that deposition. Like yeah. that shit was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. There's some crazy stuff that happens in deposition. So like at the, most basic level, I think people have heard of a deposition, but it's like a in-person interview. It's usually happening in a conference room. It's like one of the lawyer's offices. And it's their chance to sit down with you and talk to you to learn about what your side of the story is. Yeah. And for a lot of clients, it's something that they're nervous to approach. But for the right client, I usually tell them like, hey, this is your chance. You know, yeah. if, if you if you come out there and they start thinking they like you, that's the worst thing for them because that means that adds dollar signs to the case value. Yeah. And, but you see some crazy <laughs> stuff. There's totally, there's like fireworks. Sometimes your client is just saying stuff that's not even true, that's so harmful for their case. <laughs> and you're like, you try to just keep a poker face like it doesn't mean anything and hoping that the other attorney doesn't pick up on it. So yeah. a deposition isn't really a situation or, or is this, is that a situation where you can like be like, uh, can I have a sidebar with my client or? So you totally can. Oh, and if okay. you do that, when let's but say it's obvious, like, it, yeah, you are calling attention to it. It could be bad enough that you're like, no, right now, like we need a bathroom break. You have to <laughs> go to the bathroom. Right. Now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but there's some crazy stuff. I had a client that, the deposition hadn't started yet. So we're all sitting in the conference room, kind of like how we were pre-podcast, right? Everything's set up. We're just like waiting to make sure like everything's ready to go before we start. Yeah. And the other attorney, this is a big case. This is possibly one of the biggest cases that I've worked on. This is a juicy one. This is a, a juicy <laughs> one, which also means someone unfortunately went through something really Red, bad. Yeah. Like, likely something that changed their life forever. Yeah. Probably. Um, so all those people that think that every case is worth a ton of money, it's like, unless oh. your life has been changed forever yeah. again, you don't want your case to be sure worth you that want to put money. a price tag on yeah. that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and he, at the very least, had a version of a traumatic brain injury. Okay. His, his, his head was, he, I didn't know him before, obviously, but you could tell just by talking to people that he knew that his, he was a different person now. And, and he, uh, I think like a lot of like NFL guys or maybe UFC guys, Maybe started dabbling in some drugs, just had a, like a little bit of a wild spurt in him, lost yeah. his uh, control over certain things. Mm -hmm. Again, I didn't know what he was like before, but that's, that's who we had now. And I could tell that it had a lot to do with the accident, but you knew the other side was going to just say like, look at this piece of shit. Why would you give him any money? He's yeah. going to go smoke it all. So that's the challenge that you have yeah. in, this, in this case. More their character. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. That's, that was instead of him being the plaintiff, the person that's saying something happened to them, uh, you would have got the impression that he was the defendant. Yeah. And that's a sign of a good defense attorney. Well, defending their char characters. Uh, yeah. Totally, yeah. yeah. So it became more about him being on trial versus the person that ran him over, Yeah, essentially. But he uh, didn't do himself any favors. Yeah. And uh, he... Well, it's hard to put somebody, if they're not mentally like all you know, they're like, I've heard Rogan talk about this many times about Roseanne and, and who was it? Sam Kennison, I think is the other yeah, one yeah, that yeah. they both had traumatic head yeah. injuries that kind of flipped their personalities. 
Totally. Uh, and you know, there's the side of you, you always have to find some connection with your client and you're always, not always, but you, you have to at least test them a little bit because you want to make sure they're not full of shit. Yeah. As, as soon as you can believe in them and you know that at their core, they're telling the truth and they've been impacted and all that stuff, then you're going to fight like a dog for them. So, you know, you, you pick up on things and I could tell that he was also trying to hustle us a little bit too. Uh, you know, when there's a lot of money on the table, right. uh, people think you black that, funny. You yeah, get dollar signs funny. in the eyes. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> and if, if, if he knew what was good for him, if he probably, if he could think clearly enough, he would have realized like, we're the team that's going to go do that for you. But right. instead it was everyone's an enemy yeah. and I'm going to do this for myself. And for whatever reason, he thought that he could get like some leverage with us, his attorneys, if he started out by telling the defense attorney, you know, my lawyers give me money for drugs, right? What? What? Which is, by the way, not, I don't think I need true. to say it, but yeah. completely not true, yeah, right? Yeah. And then he like looks over at us, like basically. You never gave me no drugs, man. No, he, he, he was trying to tell us if you don't start paying me money, like whenever I ask you, because he would ask us for money all the time. That's but we nuts. wouldn't give him anything. Yeah. Uh, he was trying to say, I will basically implode this case. So he was totally thinking short term. Couldn't tell that he may have made hundreds so, of thousands so of dollars. I have, so I don't know if you can say, but can, he definitely was not just smoking cannabis. He was smoking something else if uh, he was acting like I, this. I bet it, whatever he could get his hands on. Okay, he was, so he, he was, was in other shit. He was probably just looking for anything to bring some excitement into his Interesting. Life. Yeah, because his world was just upside down. So wow. you you like want to like commiserate with him and feel for him. Yeah. And you're also like, is this really going to help own him? Worst enemy. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, giving him a lot of money just accelerate his downfall, actually. Totally. You know? And we, uh, I don't know that a lot of lawyers do this, but we got him into rehab throughout the case. We knew that was what was best for him. You do the right thing for the right, client. That's right. also the right thing for the case. Yeah. And uh, he had his own struggles with that, but I'm not going to pretend like I know what it likes, what it's like to be in his position. So yeah. I can't say if, if I was that guy for that sure. got in that accident, maybe I would have. There's some things you could see in, in yourself and also seeing that person too. Yeah. And then, you know, you just start driving a lot more carefully because you're like, dude, everyone's this close to having their life turned upside yeah. down. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, like for me, it's a, I know a lot of uh, old fighters, you know what I mean? Who are like, I'm like, are they just pieces of shit? You know what I mean? Because it's like, Later on, I would find out, like, oh, this dude beat his wife or, like, this dude's, like, super into, like, drugs and, like, beats his children or some crazy shit. But I think that... Well, back in the day, you, you know, that was just, that's just how it was, Mike. <laughs> that's just, that was in style was back romance. in the day. Yeah. But I think CTE... That was what they called foreplay. Yeah. I think CTE plays a big uh, a big part of it. I'm sure. Like, yeah. With, all, with that deterioration of the brain, it just makes you into such a piece of shit that, like, you know what I mean? Like, not like those punchy fighters that you met back in like like oh he's just a little punchy yeah. like he's kind of slow but like now it's just like this dude's aggressive and fucking weird and like it's like some dark shit you know well too i think there's there's there could be something to the fact that like when you're constantly competing at a high level and football and and fighting i think are two very good examples of the mentality that when you get in to go to a game or go to a fight it is a similar situation like you were talking about earlier to a case where you build up to it mentally all week. So like depending on what day you play, 
of the week, you know, the day after the game is like your down day mentally. And then you start building up. So like when it comes game day, you're like a mental animal, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. like ready to go kill something. Like, you know, you're wanting to inflict pain and, and, and it's the same thing with fighting, I would imagine. And so if you do this for years and years and years and years, and you're gonna do it for 20 years, perhaps, or 20, 30 years, if you play since you were a kid, and then you retire when you're 30, late 30s or 40s, like you're kind of, you've kind of brainwashed yourself yeah. in a way, like without realizing it yeah. also like, I, and I, I think there is something to that. Not just, I think there's absolutely CT is a real thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to, but I think there's also like something said to the routine and habit of building yourself into that mental way of thinking well, over time. I look at like a lot of athletes have identity, uh, identity problems after they're done with their uh, athletic careers. So yeah. it's like they, they've put so much time in, uh, being a fighter, they put so much time in being a football player that outside of there, they don't know who they are, right? Like, I'm so happy that, like, you know, some of my best friends found a life after fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, my, my, my one of my best friends, Bart, now he's in law enforcement in Illinois. He found his thing, you know what I mean, after fighting. A lot of fighters don't. They're like, you know, like, start hitting the bottle hard or, or doing every, anything, you know, like, so... That shit coupled with CT, I think, is this, the disastrous yeah, yeah. shit. So I was looking at, like, what these guys got to answer the question of, like, what really do you like about it? What do you like about what do you like about it? What do you like about fighting the competition aspect of it? Do you like uh, the adrenaline? Like, what do you like about it? Like, or is it like the expression of yourself? Because then it could lead to other paths. There are other ways to express yeah, those, you know, those things. Exactly. Yeah. But if you, I feel like a lot of the guys don't ask themselves those questions and they get stuck and they get stuck. And that's why you see like dudes that are fighting. that shouldn't be fighting anymore because they think that's who they are. Although that's not who they are at all. Remember why you got in the first place, you know, like, yeah. Is it a passion of yours to like, some people are like, oh, I just want to like, uh, you know, help people and like, you know, be an inspiration. Like you could find that doing something else. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So answering those questions or asking yourself those questions is a big part of it. At the end of the day, I think like after you're done with all the craziness of it, that it is to be like an athlete entertainer, all that shit. Like, what do you really want to yeah. do with yourself? So uh, that's a big part. It's just crazy to have to, uh, actually, I don't even know if it's so crazy, but I was thinking like as a fighter, you know, you or an athlete in general, you pick a profession that has a shelf life that's way lower than, you know, what you typically you know think of as a career. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, whereas like a lawyer, for example, in theory, you're just getting better into your 60s. And, you know, there's plenty of old fart lawyers that are just like <laughs> great legal minds. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, and you're intimidated by them. You don't need any muscles. You, know, you have more wrinkles <laughs> and that's more scary. But, uh, but I think at least personally, I'm, I'm, I think maybe this is not the norm for lawyers, but I totally have an urge. And I know this like every like six, seven years where I just want to do something completely different in life. I think this is normal. Well, I, I, <laughs> I tend to believe this is normal for most people. Yeah. I, maybe I, maybe I for a lawyer, I'm, I'm more willing to admit it than some other people. <laughs> I think that's it, but I think it's healthy, I think. Well, isn't it, I think it's every seven years, every cell in your body is a completely new cell. Oh, hey, hey, okay. So you're a completely like, new person. So every seven years, you're technically a different person. Right, right. Your consciousness hasn't changed, it's evolved, but your body's changed over. <laughs> no, I remember, uh, not, not that I remember much, but I took like a intro to philosophy class a while back. 
and it was the question was like you know if there, if there's a ship I'll I'll be butchering this so you can probably link this up and get the real one but if there's like a ship and you know there's there's one plank that needs repair and you you swap it out you know is that the same ship and I think m- many people would say yes maybe most people are going to say yes and then like at what point is it not the same ship anymore? If you've now replaced, if the, if the whole thing needs to be torn down and rebuilt, yeah. is that now the same ship or not? And exactly. There's a version of that that, as you were saying, is like true for us too. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think that's, uh, a lot of people I think struggle with that, especially if they're not, um, you know, I can speak for, for myself when I was like, you know, working back in DC, like, I, you know, the people know the story now. It's like, I hated my job. And I was like, Fuck this. I need to do something new and g- escape, you know? Um, but a lot of people don't escape. A lot of people, yeah. you know, like stay doing what they're doing because it's like they're paychecks are lower. Everything's like the, the security is yeah. there. They're terrified of change. Yeah. And I get it, though. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I ask myself, like, did I do the right thing? Of course, you always have those like, uh, like if I stayed there, I would have had this money. You know what I mean? Like always those second thoughts. But you know, I always go back. I would never trade it for anything in the world. Like, like my mindset and the people I've met, like, and uh, just the adventures. You know what I mean? Like, I've been on a lot of adventures just off of a choice I've made. I bet. You yeah. know what I mean? So for me, it's been super rewarding. But I think everyone struggles with it because once you start to like something becomes just regular. You know what I mean? Like the honeymoon phase is over. Do you, you know, like you're looking for that next journey and next thrill. That's why, you know, people love traveling. They're like, oh, we're going to go to Thailand this year. We're going to go here. And it puts a Band-Aid on it, you know, for a little bit. And, you, you know, you take your cool Instagram photos and like, the, you know, and then the, that's the end of it. But I think that what we're, fi- we're going to find out this next year is like, I think a lot of people are going to ask themselves, like, what am I really doing? You know what I mean? Like, you would hope. Yeah. Hope. Yeah, I think so. I, I kind of went through a change like that. I'm not going to say it was a huge change because I didn't totally change careers, but uh, I went to a good law school and I got a job coming out of law school. So I went to a firm and it was like, you know, competitive to get this job too. And you just think as soon as you got hired, I was like, damn, that's it. Okay. I made it. Like (laughs) I'm now at the place that I'm going to work at forever. And, And they were paying like what was a ridiculous amount of money. Like, should not have been making that much. <laughs> yeah. And so you just think like, boom, I'm set. You even start spending, you're like thinking about how much you could spend on this thing. <laughs> yeah. that thing and start you just doing started, the math. You're like, yeah, oh, now I could get a house. And like, like, you basically think that was the last piece of the puzzle. And I immediately realized that that wasn't true. Um, I was just working in, you know, this is a international law firm. The office that I was in was like maybe close to a hundred lawyers. And that wasn't even their only LA office. Wow. And so you're, you come in and you're at the bottom of the totem pole. And I, I thought that I picked like the area of law that I would like it was mergers and acquisitions. So like big companies buying and selling other big companies. It sounded like sexy on yeah. paper. And then immediately I was like, this is the most boring shit ever. <laughs> uh, and it, the expectations were lived up to the value that they were paying you. So they basically thought like, okay, we're giving you this money, but we own you. Yeah. Just know that. Right. Like, I don't All care if you time. had a vacation yeah. planned. Yeah. If I tell you that you're not going on that flight, you're not going, you're not going on the flight. Um, and it was just like, no, there was no like, but come on. There was like, no, you're, you're coming. And the people that I, I will say 
in large, were very cool. I'm still friends with a lot of the people that I would consider my peers, but the people above us, our superiors, they were also nice, but the expectations didn't change. They were very, yeah. very serious. And I just like, I didn't know at the time, but I had this feeling in like my stomach every day, like waking up to, sh to show up to work. And I was like, I don't know if I could like, live like this. Yeah. They can't stop swimming. Totally. It was yeah. totally that. And I just always felt self-conscious of like, am I, am I doing, no one's telling you how, like, this is how you do it. It's just, here's the assignment. And like, I'm telling you, like, as I'm walking through the hallway and like, but figure it out and get it to me before I actually need it. It's like that kind of <laughs> expectations. And, uh, let's say maybe two and a half years later, I finally grew up the courage. It probably I was working on it for two and a half years to finally build up the courage to actually quit this job. Right. Because they're giving you raises throughout this time too. <laughs> you know? And you can start seeing like how much you're going to be making if you stick around, but you're also seeing the people that have been there for five years longer than you or 10 years longer than you. Yeah. And you see their quality of life and it's not a lot of smiles, you yeah. know, it's like they get their, their lunch break is like, eating at their desk <laughs> and like maybe they got to choose what they were going to eat that day or they just picked up whatever was in the vending machine right. that's a one small example but if you are making that money and you can't enjoy it like what's what's the point yeah. And yeah i just started actually awakening to like i'm not getting any fulfillment from what i'm doing at all and so a buddy of mine uh he was my roommate at the time he was going through his own version of this. He's an investment banker. And so we had, we were on two sides of the same coin. You know, he, he was working on deals that were similar to what I was working on, yeah. but just from the banking side. And he was fucking miserable too. <laughs> so we would literally come home every night and we, we had a, like a volcano with yeah. these big vapes. Yeah. Yeah. We would just like nonstop be filling up bags and it's like smoking <laughs> and like trying to come up with inventions. We were literally trying to invent our way out of this like problem that we yeah. were but um, the invention stuff was fun, but we eventually came up with like a business plan of like, we're gonna flip homes. This is when flipping homes was like yeah. super, super hot. And we had some cash and turned it into a little bit more of a business plan. And the funny thing is a, a friend of mine, he was always struggling with weight around this time. And he was saying that he was gonna start a diet. And I think it was, let's just say, it was like a Wednesday that I was talking to him. And he said, uh, I asked him, I was like, so when, when's the diet starting? And he said, I'm going to wait until Monday. And that conversation ended. And I was doing a lot of soul searching during this time. So you find some like deep meaning and like very simple s statements like that. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, damn, I'm the guy that's waiting to start his diet on Monday. Because I didn't want to quit just out of fear. And I just kept on building up excuses yeah. in front of me. And then I knew that if I just at least got up and told somebody that I was quitting there, that that would start, that I couldn't back out Came of it. Back and, committed. Yeah. So I like walked into HR's office and I told oh, them. Oh, jeez. And, uh, <laughs> and then they were like, are you like, are you serious? Just because they probably talked to me like, we were like friends with these people. Yeah. And they were like, no, no, you should like think about this. Like, I'm not going to tell anyone you said that. And I was like, no, no, like it's happening. And I knew that to like officially quit. This was just kind of built into the firm culture, but I knew to like, to quit, I had to go tell basically the top dog in the office yeah. that I was leaving. And and you had heard stories of the last people that did it. This guy was a yeller. He was not a nice person. Uh. And he was the head 
nationally of the practice area that I was working in. So he just happened to be in my office too. So he was like the boss of my boss of my boss of my boss. And, and uh, yeah, I didn't have a ton of experience with him before, but you know, we would, I, I was always kind of like the, try to like charm some people to make up for <laughs> if I was missing anything in the legal department. <laughs> and I remember the night before I was just tripping out about how nervous I was going to be to talk to this person to quit because I knew that he was going to challenge me on anything that I told him. So I like, I was going to have to live up to really commit to whatever I was doing. Uh, and I knew that he's way smarter than me. He's probably going to poke holes into something. He's going to point out things that I'm overlooking and how this is just a wrong decision. But I was like, fuck it, I'm doing it. anyway." Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up, we were in this heavy smoking stage at this time. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to go for, I'm going to smoke a little bit. I'm going to go for a walk. Uh, this is the night before. And then it occurs to me that I'm like, I was approaching this whole situation completely wrong. I was like, I have an opportunity actually to talk to someone who's essentially like the best at what he does before I start this new chapter of my life. And I could look to this person for advice and direction uh, and uh, flatter, like flatter him as well. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I just knew like, okay, this guy did some things to make it to where he, he is. And maybe he could just say some deep shit that would stick to me for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I would, so I decided I was like, I'm going to go into it with that attitude. And I showed up late to work that day. Cause I was like, I want to make sure he's there. <laughs> when I, get there. I didn't want to just be stewing in the office. And like, I walked and knocked on his door and I was like, hey, can I come in? And which never happens. I've never knocked on this guy's door before. Yeah. And then I was like, can I close the door? Cause we usually would just all leave your office doors open. And when I said that, he knew I was going to talk to him about some real shit. Yeah. And I, I remember generally the, the first words to come out of my mouth was like, I can never see myself wanting to take your job to be sitting in your chair. So I think that I should quit. And he kind of had that face. He just like took it in for a second and he didn't say anything. And he's like, then you're making the right decision. And when he said that, I just was like, all this weight came yeah. off of my shoulders and I was like, wow, it's like that, that thing that I was building up was actually kind of true. Like, okay, this guy's not trying to tear me down. It was probably people approaching him wrong. And he just came back at them with that same energy. Yeah. Yeah. And he ended up, it was like a really insightful conversation. And at the end he told me, he's like, if you want your job back, you change your mind later, just come back. And I was like, damn, that was, it, it was burn the bridge. It, it, yeah. it totally. And uh, I could say, honestly, my life changed in that one conversation because I was like, if I just changed my attitude about how I approach some of these things, yeah. I could be a different person. Yeah. And then I came out of there and then, then I started telling, you know, other people, it was just like common courtesy that you tell the people that you work with that you were leaving. And everyone would ask, what did David say? That was, that was the guy that I had the first yeah. conversation. And then I would tell them that it went well. And they were like, what? <laughs> and then you could see their attitude change. And then they were like, oh yeah, good luck. Good luck with everything. He's like, and everyone would open up to me about, you know, I thought about that they 12 years ago. Or, you and just elevated your status in their minds. You're like, you yeah, know, you I mean, connected with the head dude, dude, you know, it, whether it was the right decision or not, it took courage. And I think yeah. you know, you've made this decision a few times and it takes balls to do that. Yeah. It's very, it's always scary. You know what I mean? And like, I think you like, you, asking yourself how to approach it 
and looking at it from different angles as opposed to some people that just like want to burn that bridge and you're like, right. they go into the dude's office. Right. You got stinky ass breath. Yeah. I fucking hate you. This place sucks. Yeah. I'm out. And you know, of course, right, right. but you went in very like thoughtful. You know what I mean? I think when you approach situations very like thoughtfully, like, like all right, how do I approach this? What's the angle I'm not seeing? And you got the result that you did, you know, because yeah. you approached it that way. Yeah. And not, not that I'm a big smoker now at all. I'll do it. It's more like occasionally for fun. But back then I was really deep into like, just like thinking. I think it was because yeah. I had some turmoil. I wasn't happy with what I was doing. And yeah. that was kind of a release. But it, I think a lot of people, will, I mean, there's t plenty of like weed fans, but a lot of people that maybe have like, a professional life will kind of poo-poo that stuff. Yeah. But I think it helps with introspection and it, it can add like perspective. Yeah. So um, what are your what are your thoughts on on the legalization efforts that have gone on in some other states? Oregon's decriminalized pretty much everything and there's I think California's ballot initiative that's coming up will be what is it, psilocybin, LSD, MDMA, and DMT. Yeah, would be decriminalized. There's some of those things that I haven't done on that list. But <laughs> yeah, some of them. Me too. Me too. Yeah, but uh, I mean, the couple things that I did try. This is just my personality. I didn't find them to be addictive. I felt like they they even uh, inspired deeper thought and mm -hmm. reflection, and it was like healthy changes that we were talking about resets. And I think some of those things provide that. Um, yeah. So I. I don't know the current status in all the states on this stuff, but I think it's worth trying because whatever we were doing before didn't seem to be working. Yeah. Yeah. The war on drugs did not. Uh, they lost. The drugs yeah. Drugs won. I'm just like, what, what if everyone did shrooms for one day? Like a yeah. heavy dose. Like what would happen the next day? Well, the other thing is that, <laughs> you know, the other thing is that a lot of these studies coming out about, you know, psilocybin, MDMA and, and other substances too now they're actually showing health benefits or, or for treatment of mental health issues and other things. So I yeah. think there is real efficacy in it. And, you know, once you've got data to kind of prove that, then you've got more than just anecdotal evidence of people viewed as, you know, partiers or psychonauts or, you know, stoners or whatever. I have been interested in maybe like microdosing and training. I haven't done it yet, but I want to like see what that would be like. You know it what has I mean? to at least be fun, probably, right? I haven't done it either. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what, because I'm like, man, if it helps me kind of like get in more of a flow state a little bit better or like, you know what I mean? Like, w if I retain the the information better that was uh, dealt with in class, it's like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I just got to figure out when, you know, like, and like stick to like 60 days or like you whatever, just, you know? You just have to, I would recommend just starting out really low yeah and gradually increasing until you find a comfortable microdosing yeah dose for, for yourself you were mentioning something a second ago about you know there should be a day where everyone does shrooms yeah yeah so and i think there is a there's a what is a national shroom day in I the summer there, right july and i have, I have I think ari well ari made that yeah. or yeah. something <laughs> i'm on board with it yeah. well, i guess my question for both of you would be you know i'm sure we've all encountered someone where you think you know, this person could really benefit from that. But I wonder, what is it that you think would be the, the benefit of trying something like that? I think it would, it, would, it would make people a little more empathetic towards, towards each other. You know what I mean? Like when you, when you go in deep that much in yourself and you realize like, 
because essentially for me, what's happened every time I do like heavy doses or anything like that, right? Like all the problems I, I avoid subconsciously or consciously, whatever, come to the forefront yeah, and then for I sure. deal with it, right? Yeah. So n dealing with kind of your own demons and understanding that everyone has their own demons kind of like I think will help that out. You always figure something out at the end of it, yeah. right? And then also after <laughs> after any like psychedelic dose, like you always have that like the day after is always like an afterglow. You're like, huh. Yeah, yeah You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like so then everyone's like, oh, all right, we're all in the afterglow now. Like we figured some shit out. Like what you thought was important isn't that important, you know what I mean? Or what you, you thought, like, you tied your your identity into these beliefs that don't even serve you. That's and a great you realize that you're like, oh, all right, like, no, man, that's what, not, that's what life's about. Life's about this. Yeah. Life's about, you know, human interaction and, and affecting each other in a positive way. Like, I think that will, if you do it right, that's what will happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming we're talking about at least, uh, you know, significant doses to go deep yeah no, and real i think a hero's dose at yeah. least yeah um i i don't know i think for me the one thing i would hope people would get out of it if they would try it and and dive deep once would be that we're all one like all of us we're all just living beings if we if reincarnation is real we all have been black people we've all been white people we've all been every nationality there is like we're all just in this together and all the bullshit that divides us is just in existence because the people who are in power it helps them get more power and more money and more power and we just if we could drop all that <laughs> bullshit Man, we we really could have paradise here on yeah. Earth. And then there would be no lawyers. After. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think which I think is a good thing. Yeah. I support that. And then I could just train jujitsu all day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but if we got to society where we didn't need lawyers, there would be better things than being a lawyer. Sure. You yeah. know, like sure. there would be better things than you know, we'd all get to pursue our passions perhaps or yeah. you know, who knows what that kind of society would be like. You know, younger generations are a little more open to these things as they're uh, viewed differently in, in, in today's society and older generations that are still adamantly against it die off. Yeah. I mean, it sounds horrible, but like we do have the potential for a, a crazy, you know, brighter future if we just have a little more open mindedness and people not so afraid of change. Yeah. Now, looking down the road, like. What do you think, like, what do you want to do? Like, you know, like, do you see yourself being a lawyer for until you're, you're, you're ready to retire? Do you want to invest in other things? Like looking down the road, like what, what would you want to do with your, like yeah. your time? Uh, I think if you ask any, <laughs> any, anyone that's Persian, they're going to say real estate. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. It's like all West, side, to, West side rentals. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think it's for good reason. So it would be it would be nice to, you know, make some money, make some investments, mm -hmm. so that I could step away from the practice. I think I spent a lot of time. Uh, I mentioned before I ended up splitting up with like best friends, uh, and it was it was actually like an amicable split. But um, to really keep chasing after like having a happy experience at work to the yeah. best that I can. Yeah. Um, so. I think as soon as I can't 
do that because right now I could still say I go to work and I'm I'm happy. Yeah. Um, there'll still be the moments where I like you know we'll lose it a little bit. Yeah. But that's going to happen in any job. Of but, course. And, yeah. uh, I'm still enjoying it, but it would be nice to be able to make some investments to at least step away or maybe sell the practice yeah. or or spend fewer hours there. Because uh, I would like to start a family and like, yeah. you know, I, I don't think I would be able to do all that that soon. But, uh, you know, wanting to spend more time at home. But I I honestly love re- doing construction at the house and like <laughs> I'll even love like cutting the grass or like <laughs> blowing the leaves and stuff. So I, I, I always have like something about like using your hands or like yeah. some sort of manual labor or craftsmanship. So it would be cool to that. That might be more of a hobby, mm-hmm. but it I mean, I would love to make it to the place where I, I don't have to work and I could just mess around with the hobby. So yeah, yeah, the you Eddie Beatley life. You know? the Eddie Beatley life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie's a man. Yeah, Eddie does what he wants. Yeah, man. yeah, that's the dream. Like that's um, when you look it down the road. Earning a black belt, of course, one of your goals, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, uh, how do you think that that you training for this like because you said like what well, law school's about three three years if you go yeah. like full time in right yeah jiu-jitsu black belt is a fucking long time to get there well, yeah right? way longer yeah. what how what do you feel like you're gonna do with that black belt when you get it can uh, i can i ask a question real quick sure like what belt are you now i'm a purple belt is that right below black or uh it's it's dead in the middle so oh, white okay. blue purple brown black you got two one in between before you get to black yeah, yeah. I could say that I'm, I'm probably on the second half of purple. So, yeah. you know, okay. it's it's actually becoming a little bit more real. Black belt would always be something that you just kind of like say as a goal. Yeah. But now it's like you can kind of tangent. Yeah. It, it's a small light at the end of the tunnel, but you could see it now. Yeah. And it kind of fires you up to, to go harder. Yeah. But um, I think probably even maybe late blue belts or like early purple belt. I really did like showing a, a, a less experienced partner like, oh, like this is how uh, you should do this thing or whatever. Just like dropping knowledge to yeah. kind of shortcut the person. Like you said, you already know the directions on how to get there. Yeah. And just trying to help speed someone up to get to a more fun experience in jujitsu or um, keep them excited about it. Because, you know, if you keep getting smashed all the time, it's hard <laughs> to, it's, you, I, you know, you can love it too, but it's hard. It's more easy to love it when you're doing get well a win once it. in a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just helping people out and teaching, I think that's been awesome. I would love to just you know uh, teach a Saturday class or whatever yeah. it is for for fun, um, and then build some camaraderie with you know students. And I think one of the most satisfying things so far, not that I've done a lot of teaching, but you show someone like a move that you're great at, or like a series of moves, or like you know a, a, a game as we can call it, like yeah. jujitsu. And then they hit you with it, and you're like so pissed that it, they got you with it, but so happy that they learned that from you too. And like the right. technique one, it and works. Yeah, yeah. Thinking of Steve Broom right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that would be cool to pass that along, and then watch people do do more with what you gave them. Yeah, yeah. To snowball that into something. So I think teaching would be would be really cool. Yeah, like I, I think. You're the type of personality you have in your mind, you'd be a great teacher at like, you know what I mean? Like the way you're like concise and calm, like I think people would get it and you have like a a, a great personality for it, right? I'm on the opposite right. end, but like, right, 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 yeah. you know what I'm saying? But like 
it all works. And like I'm on the jujitsu mats and I hear Mike's just yelling like the whole, like for an hour straight. But I'm like so impressed because it takes a lot of energy to be passionate like that. And the students, I'm, I guarantee, are benefiting from Mike's passion. So it's like a lot of respect for, you know, like you said, different approaches. Yeah. But it, it's also like equally great that you do that. Yeah, and I mean, those are two di very different things too, right? Like striking, true, true, striking true. you have to. True. If you go in like and teach like a jujitsu type of uh, mindset with striking, it doesn't work and vice versa, yeah, you know? Yeah, okay, that's a good point. But I think like, I look at like all you guys, like all like you, Joe, like Pete, I think all you guys are great teachers. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's fun for me to see like when you guys do like uh, teach certain students because yeah. a lot of times you don't see me like, I'll be watching the class, oh, yeah, the yeah, sure, jujitsu yeah. classes going on. I'm like, oh man, that's like cool how he's teaching them or like all that. Do you ever see yourself like in the martial arts business? Uh, good question. Yeah, because yeah. I I had um, when I just got my blue belt, I moved to Orange County very briefly for like a year, and that was actually to start the the law practice. Yeah. I moved in with um, two people that were my partners at the time. And, you know, we just like lived together. We had a small little office and we were just like together all the time. So I found a gym out there and um, that gym, once I left, they ended up, it, it was like, I don't want to name the gym. Specifically. <laughs> uh, no, just because I don't want to put their, their yeah, business yeah, out yeah. there. But uh, the head like jujitsu coach left and one of the black belts left and the black belt had a lot of like business experience and the head coach was just like amazing, amazing coach. And they ended up being a perfect pair because I, I mean, there's a lot more to knowing how to run a gym than just knowing how to teach the class. Right. right? And the same can be said about a law practice. It's like, just cause you're a great lawyer doesn't mean you're making any money. You yeah. gotta run a business of a law firm right, too. That's true. So that would be cool. It would be a passion project. If I did it, it would probably be with like no expectations, but it would be like, you know, um, just an awesome excuse to be at the gym. Every yeah, day. yeah. No, that's the that's the cool Protecting thing. Protecting the investment. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or just or getting the maximum use out of yeah, it, right? Yeah, Even if sure. it's like not doing great, but if you're there enjoying the hell out of it every day, that's, that's pretty awesome. Too. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, you know, Joe's opening his spot in. Uh, no, I had no idea. So he's he's going to open a spot up in uh, a suburb of Austin. Cool. So I've been on the phone with him, oh, wow. helping him. Like, I'm telling him like the the business side is is a, the thing you got to take care of first. Bet, yeah. So it's like putting him, you know, like in that mind frame of like, you got to take care of, make sure all your business practices and, and things are good so then that you actually generate money. Cause I'm like, you've been to, and you've, you've traveled around too. It's like, you've been to gyms that the owner's not making no money. It's fucking like I assume, terrible. I assume that's on average, that's the case. I would say majority, but then on the, on the flip end of things, you got, Dudes like uh, Alan Belcher, Lloyd Irvin, those guys are like balling because the, their business practices yeah. are good. So I was telling them, I was like, you got to decide what kind of uh, martial arts owner you want to be. You want to be like the one that drives a Tesla or do you want to be the guy that drives Mr. a Kia? Miyagi. You know totally, what I mean? Like, totally, totally, So, totally, you know, totally. putting him in there because it's like, you know, Joe, you know, I, I, he's a friend of ours. I want him to succeed. He's a, he has a young family. I want those guys to be happy and succeed. I also told him like, don't rush, don't rush yeah. the process of like, 
making your overhead so high that you gotta have this much now, totally. like let it grow organically, you yeah. know? But I, it's funny because I look at like all you guys that same way. It's like, and these guys would be great teachers, not just because you're like great teammates, but like I think you're great minds. You have great minds in general, you know. I think that that law school type of thinking, yeah. it actually does really match up well with jujitsu because you just, I think I was mentioning earlier, you take a bunch of facts and you start spotting like what's relevant, what do we need, and then how do we build that into an argument? Which is like, it's yeah. a different. It's the same. If, if I could draw out what that thinking process looked like, it would be the same shape as it is for like effective jujitsu thinking. Yeah. Like uh, a flow chart. Of oh, like, totally. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 I mean, boom, boom. just the fact that it's a flow chart that's like matches up with like jujitsu yeah. and, and, and law, um, which is fun because like jujitsu is it's 3D. It's like infinite information. There is no end to any of the techniques. So many, so many different variables. Totally. And it's a it's like a interesting and like challenging intellectual process to start chunking something that's like infinite yeah. you know like starting to see some sort of rhythm or um like path path through something that's just like totally wide open yeah and that's kind of a fun fun process i think that that is what's happening as you're getting your black belt we just don't really see that so much because we're too deep inside of it yeah and even like when tahi talks about Cause you know, like they, they do like the black belt training mm -hmm. and like all these black belts come to the, the academy to train yeah. with Tahi. Yeah. It's like, they're all black belts, but then you have black belts and then like Tahi's on another level. It's oh, like, for it's sure. fucking crazy. For so sure. it's like his understanding of shit is even deeper than someone that has gotten their black belt. Do they have like a black belt plus one or something or degrees, black belt yeah. plus there, two? There, there, there is. Yeah. Degrees, yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. yeah. And then you have coral belt and a red belt. Like yeah, it's way later coral. on. Coral. Yeah. Coral. Coral. Yeah. It's like black and red. Black right? and red, oh, yeah. Shit. It's yeah. like coral snakes, the yeah. deadliest snake in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. And then red belt, like that's way later on. Though. Yeah, you have to be like really old. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, just because of the amount of time that it takes to get yeah. there. You have to be like in your 70s, I want to say. Something, 60s, yeah. 70s to what? get there. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's you, like the founders. Could, could you even still do a lot of the moves at that age? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'd have to like your like, game. You can't would tell change. me that somebody that's a 70 year old red belt is going to be able to beat a 35 year old or a 30 year old black belt. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm, gonna agree. I'm gonna agree. Yeah, I'd say maybe it depends. You know maybe, I mean? maybe it depends. Maybe there are rare exceptions where seventy year old is Let's fucking you, Sylvester Stallone or somebody, but and or, happens to be able to do jujitsu. But like, yeah, but like once you reach that grandmaster level, I don't know how much rolling you're doing. You right, right. I mean? It's it's more about understanding the 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 game the intellectually, life, right? <laughs> the life right. of jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I mean, so it's kind of honorary. Like as a lifestyle. Well, I, th I think you thing. could understand the technique very, very deeply without your body being able to back it up. Just like how maybe an awesome how NFL you, coach how is. How do you prove that though? Like, um, do you take tests? I, I guess maybe through teaching. Through and teaching the, and like, you look at by the time you're a red belt, how many times you've already murdered people? Like, sure. through your whole jujitsu yeah. career. It's like, <laughs> like you know what I mean like I've got 150 confirmed like you know like, thousands of confirmed kills like I don't need to do more, no more you know what yeah. I mean like I think it's the, on that kind of uh, of level but that being said I think what Hickson's a red belt right I think if I think Hickson can still tap out some black belts out there for sure yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think you know what I mean yeah, he might be the sweet spot of still having some of the physicality of being able to yeah. back up what's going on understanding yeah. the stuff there I mean is, isn't it true I don't know MMA as deeply as you do, but like that a lot of the great 
as they're, you know, they hit the hump at some point and they start to taper off. And that's when you start maybe thinking, you think the, the interviewers ask the question, how many more fights do you see yourself yeah. having? Where they say like, their mind's still there. It's just their body's not reacting as quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, that might be an extreme uh, version of you yeah. know, the red belt that, that knows yeah. the technique, but can't really. And I, I look at those two things very different. Cause martial arts, like as martial arts, you can, that's actually a lifestyle, right? Being a prize fighter is a moment in time sure. you know what yeah. i mean not yeah. all prize fighters are martial artists some are good at martial arts but isn't the martial art to fight or to defend like isn't that what it's origin isn't that what it is it's the it's the peaceful way so it's like you do savage shit to be a peaceful person is the martial arts way it's a good way of putting it it might be hard to 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 fully understand if you don't yeah if you're not in there yeah like there's nothing more peaceful if you gotten like F fucking two a days jujitsu practices and you like just feel like super beat up at the end of the week but like you feel like super peaceful like you're like <sighs> yeah you put it you know you put in your work and you earned your your rest yeah yeah i think that's a big part of it like not all mma fighters are martial artists you know what i mean some martial artists are mma fighters you know what i'm saying like i think gsp Martial artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anderson Silva, martial artist, right? Uh, uh, crazy Charles, uh, crazy oh, yeah, Bennett, yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy horse Bennett, not a martial artist. Or maybe like Mike Perry. I don't Mike know. Perry, I'm not a martial artist. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, those are, I think, like, they're closely related, but they're not, there's no exclusivity between them, you know? I was just a little confused by you, the way you phrased it that martial arts is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. because I'm not I'm not saying it doesn't have a lifestyle to it but the the art itself is a form of, of combat it, yeah it, it but is like combat. so let, let's say like if you're a jiu-jitsu guy right like you wake up like the I'm way kinda, you I'm kind of the dummy here for all the people sure, who's yeah, listening yeah, yeah, that yeah. who don't you know yeah no but it's like the way you conduct yourself the way you operate is that of a martial artist? It, it, it could be like you go into the fucking bank. It could be you being a lawyer, but the way like you think, the way you operate is that of a martial yeah. artist. I can give a maybe a specific example of something that I started to experience. I th and I think once you, you put enough time in, you know, you probably start by just thinking of it as like a physical thing and like combat, let's just say. Um, but then with jujitsu, for example, you might start getting good at some techniques and like you just want to keep doing those techniques. But you know that the right thing is and your coach will tell you, you better work on the things that you're horrible at or yeah. else your game is going to be lopsided and you're going to like just you're going to suck in the long term. And you just start thinking about that. It's natural to start thinking in life like, man, have I been meditating or whatever have yeah. i been like and you just start thinking like yeah what are my weaknesses just outside of the gym am i like doing anything and that's when it, it i think that's when you hit lifestyle yeah right? yeah like the, the, like once you see it in one thing you see it in all things right that's right. where you start hitting like all right this is some other shit is a, like, like fighting is just like I'm, I'm gonna practice i'm gonna fight this guy in this date and sometimes after if you're not in training camp you're not that you're not that person you know what i mean like you don't live that way. But to me, even a prize, well, I guess, I don't know. I guess that's where I have the miscon, I don't, it doesn't connect quite with me. Cause if I was even a prize fighter, like I would still be thinking about trying to fill all the holes in my game because mm -hmm. otherwise I might get knocked the fuck out and not win the money. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, 
No, I see what you're saying. So like, like, how, like how those situations see, for that example is, is like this. When you're an MMA fighter, you have to choose like how to spend your time, right? You have to work on certain things. You can't do like wrestling, jujitsu, boxing, kickboxing all in one day. You know, like you have to be like, I have to work on specific things because I'm fighting this specific guy on this date. Right. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah. It can't just be like, let me work on uh, my guard retention because well, it sucks because that might not necessarily translate into that fight. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. So it's like that. that's kind of also what it is. Like maybe if they're not in training camp and they actually like put on the gi and practice and do all this stuff and then, then yeah. it counts as like, all right, you're a martial art. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think GSP is like probably the biggest He's the biggest example of a martial arts who also happened to be a, uh, a prize fighter. Yeah. And I think one of the first things I think of when I think of GSP and why he, you would describe him as a martial artist is also just like the respect that I think he carries himself with and that he gives to anybody that like he encounters, in, at least from what I see on camera. You yeah. Know? And maybe, uh, and that's something that you definitely pick up. You know, I didn't do martial arts as a kid or anything like that. Yeah. But I totally understand now why parents want to put their kids into martial arts because <laughs> as like, I probably started in, I don't know, my mid to late twenties. And I was like, this is teaching me respect and discipline and like, yeah. you know, like honor or oh, all those things that could sound corny, but like, yeah, you're never too young or old to yeah. start. Well, they like, say put a bully in a, in a class. Right. You know, right. And I, smash the fuck I out. Think, yeah, <laughs> you get, you're going to get smashed. Yeah, I think it's. Humbled. It's always funny where like, cause those are like anything like that is going to be considered corny, right? Like you bow on off the mat and do all this shit. Like, but it does something to oh, you totally. as you like, as the process goes, like you learn to respect the mat differently. Like that's where you grow. That's where you'll get smashed. That's where everything that is good for you will happen. And that's why you bow on and off the mat. And you, you know, like, so we're like, I don't, you know, like I'm not, you know, in it for martial arts, like I am your martial arts academy. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> conduct, conduct yourself that way. And it's like, it's, it's, it's always fun for me to see someone with zero martial arts experience start to, you know what I mean? Like get that process down. I oh, think totally. a, a good example of that, uh, another client of yours, Amber Wilson. Oh yeah. Yeah. Amber yeah, Wilson yeah. came, Amber. came yeah. to the Academy and no experience could only do fucking maybe 60, 60 seconds of a workout in the okay. beginning without taking a break. Okay. Like, so she's used to like hopping off the mat and like, how long ago was this? This is three years ago, uh, three years ago. So, yeah. uh, you know, Came, came in, depressed, all this shit, like, but then she let go of all that. And she's like, all right, like, this is who I am now. You know, I'm going to be a martial artist. Yeah, yeah. Now she's totally bought in. Like, she's there an hour before class. Like, she's taken over. Like, and she's such a good person. And she's always like, thank you so much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's totally changed someone's life where it's like, it's a life-changing thing. And, and it's like let's take away all your martial arts experience, right? Like, do you think you'd be the same person? No. It's so dead. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no. And I knew, uh, I could say that I consider myself a better person now than I was before I started. Not that, but I still wouldn't consider myself like a good person. I feel like I still have a lot of work to do. Yeah. And I think that also comes from getting smashed, <laughs> getting smashed. Yeah. You know, that's a long journey and it's like, I still have work to do. But, um, I think before I started, 
which it was also right around the time where I was hating my, my job and stuff. Um, and I was totally in need of something to come in and start filling me with like positivity. Yeah. And I was just not happy with where I was at. And that like was a perfect thing to start coming. And I'm sure that had something to do with me quitting because then I just started seeing like, damn, if I love jujitsu this much, it doesn't make sense to have something in my life that I hate that much. It's like, if, if you can, <laughs> if I can just start filling it, filling my day with things that I love, like that's just a better lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, it's funny how how that that works. It was definitely wasn't direct, but I think it like opened my eyes. It's yeah. kind of like the the neglected like dog on the street. You know, it gets a couple pets, and then you're like, oh, okay, like yeah, yeah the attitudes <laughs> change. Oh, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. <laughs> but man, like it, it's a it's a it's a fun journey to think about, and it's like coming out of this uh, uh, you know lockdown pandemic. Now it's like all right. We're slowly getting back to it. You know, you haven't uh, trained in a year or so. Like, what are your biggest concerns and excitements of starting? Yeah, I can, I can, again, I can yeah. answer that because it's like right at the top of my head. I don't even have to think deeply. Yeah. It's, uh, and I'll, I'll explain this in a way that if you've never trained, you could still get it. So if you walk onto the mat as a white belt, you, as the white belt, you're embarrassed because you're a white belt. You're like, oh man, this is like just labeling me as like I'm a noob and I don't know shit. But if you, you also have the blessing of like, you have no, there's no expectations for you to know anything. And anything that's shown to you, you're going to just start learning so fast. You're going to get those newbie gains. Yeah. But coming back on the mat now as a experienced purple belt. An adult, like. I consider like the the purple belts like that's the adult belts. Yeah, yeah, know? it's like the beginning of the <laughs> yeah, adult yeah. belts. Uh, there's expectations. What no one cares. Have you not trained for two years or six years? That white belt or that athletic blue belt that weighs two twenty, they're coming to kill you. They want to tap a purple belt. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't matter if you say I'm, I'm I'm just getting back. Can we take it a little easy today? <laughs> They're like, no, I want your head on the wall, you know? So uh, you know that that's waiting for you, but you have to go through the fire to yeah. come back. So it's it's also, um, you know, as a white belt, you get humbled so much because you're the worst person on the mat. Mm -hmm. And then as you get more experienced, you get humbled less for yeah. sure. And you start to, uh, you know, you always talk about jujitsu kills your ego and stuff, but it's been a long time since your ego's really been killed yeah. as a purple belt. So then, you know, uh, that you're just gonna have to go through that again. You're gonna have to live by all that stuff that you were preaching to the new guys. Yeah. So uh, that will be the thing that I'm uh, not excited about. But you know, once you get through that, yeah. you're fucking back, you know? And then you're like, I can't wait to start like trying to <laughs> smash guys that are bigger yeah. than me or whatever. You just start getting excited After about you all swallow that. the bitter pill of like, oh. Totally, but yeah. that, that's, that's, that's the cost of admission. You know that you have to. Yeah get smashed a little bit to do some yeah. smashing of your own. And I think that's how you know it's real. That's why you appreciate uh, totally, it Totally, totally. You know? Yeah, if I could just walk back and just like be like winning again or just be just like great, <laughs> then you would know that it's like a fraud. Like yeah. A switch. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It just doesn't work like that. You have to, I'm guessing it's going to take probably like two months to just get back in like jujitsu shape yeah. at least, you know, because yeah. yeah. it, it took like two years of going consistently to get in that shape in the first place. Yeah. But uh, but it'll be cool to be back. Totally. Yeah, man. You know, I'm 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 excited uh, for you to get back on the mats and uh, like get get back to it. You know, because I know it's yeah. like 
it's a big piece of, of uh, who you are as martial artists. Oh, totally, yeah. So it's like that side of yourself that you, you didn't get to connect with for a year. You get to be like, hey, old friend, although this sucks right now, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's get to it. Yeah, totally. It would be nice to then look in the mirror and not say to myself, you like fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but to at least be like, oh, cool. I went four times this week. Good job. Like five five days next week, yeah. you know, something like that. But uh, but I'm pretty excited. And I'm, I'm, I'm at the stage where it's like, you know, you could you could be at a belt for many years at one right. particular belt for many years and oftentimes as you progress it will take longer to get to the next belt but i think that uh i can kind of like see brown somewhere out there of course i would have to get like back up to speed and there's plenty of work to be done but yeah. when you get a promotion it's weird because it means in some ways it might mean less to you as you get promoted more often but it it's weird that someone puts a different belt around your waist and you have a different attitude. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you hold yourself to a different standard and you're like, I can't make the same mistakes as I was making yeah. before. And, and uh, it's just funny how that works. It's just like a... It's you a superpower. Think, right? Yeah. yeah it's crazy. <laughs> you would think that it's something that adults came up, came up with for kids to keep them motivated to yeah. continue training like a little star on their notebook right yeah well wasn't it i mean kind of going back to you know martial arts roots like do you think it was maybe a part of a system to help keep wild killers kind of unlined to certain prior you know uh, morals or standards of, of behavior and and so forth I don't know enough about the history, but that'd be really cool. Yeah, if it me was. neither. Like, I don't. Uh, I, I think for the I most mean, I, part, because I think about like the samurai, you know, and like mm -hmm. how they kind of, you know, had this code of ethics, but that kind of kept them in line. And I'm wondering if it was similar with like martial arts as a whole, like like that. I mean, I, I think it would have to be something like that, you know, like a part of it. I think it's like this keeping order, like you know what I mean. Like yeah. that's why everyone wears the uniform. Everyone does this. You're like. That you're the same in the beginning, and then like you got to earn the rank, you know, the rankings. I, I think that's just part of it. I, I think something that's someone that's a, an outsider would appreciate is, let's just say, if you're a purple belt at whatever gym, if you go to another gym across the country, and you just pop in, and you, you know, there's 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 some variation gym to gym for sure, or like big city or not, but like. You should be recognized as at the other gym is also like okay yeah this guy's a purple belt that yeah. sounds about right which but is if pretty you go cool. there you better be a legit purple right you know? yeah. yeah I mean like I mean it varies like from from profet like because it depends on who who gives you your your upgrade right 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 so yeah there's, there's, there's some variation you probably of, experience right? this more but there's there's variation yeah. but then also like there should be like some standard of like you should be in that in that range you know? so here's what i think right i think that jujitsu is in a super sweet spot like you have some you have a lot of uh a lot of academies have fall to the taekwondo model like now like they they kind of like i want to i don't want to say that people buy their belts yeah. but like they're like oh you, you came this much here's your belt this is that whatever and like they get their belts kind of easier right like we, our academy is not like that, you know, like Fred uh -huh. Ty is super yeah. like stern with, you know, like what he wants to see out of you. Right. So I've been to a, a couple of places traveling and like, I'm like, this guy's a fucking brown belt. This guy's a purple belt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel yeah. it. It's the, the biggest insult. If like, <laughs> if, if you're like, man, 
how did this guy get this thing? Exactly. And you know, like we've had visitors come to oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Academy and like, you're like, this is a, I know you're like, you're like, this is, is not this belt, you know? Yeah. It's bad if you show up and, and you, you yeah. if you can't live up to whatever it is yeah. and, and you could totally see it on the person's face. And it's nothing against them. Yeah. They're not the ones that chose their belt, but you feel so True. bad too. Cause you're like, sorry, man, I got to do this to you, but like yeah. you shouldn't be allowing me to do this yeah. to you. There's also Matt Enforcer shit. <laughs> yeah, and it's a huge compliment when you go to a different gym. You know, if, sometimes if I go on a trip or something, you try to bring a gi and check out a gym. And then if they say like, oh, damn, like, and they ask where you train, then you just know like, okay, yeah, yeah. this is good. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I go, I'm like, oh, dude, I just fireman carries this dude and fucking took him down. Like, it's like, it, it, that's how like my appreciation for the teams even more. You know what I mean? I'm like, ah, thanks like for all the hard fucking yeah. practices, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's why, like, what you would consider, like, the lowest person on the totem pole is the person that is begging for a promotion. Yeah. Because then they just are not looking at this the right way. Yeah. Yeah. And some people change gyms just to go get promoted from someone else. Yeah, a lot of people get butt hurt. You know what I mean? A lot of people yeah. get butt hurt and they're like, they think they should be this. They think that I'm just like, whatever. Like, you just have fun and enjoy the journey, you know? Like, I've, I've had those battles, too, you know? Like, I'm like, People want to have accomplishment. They need to see progress and especially like without if you're not sparring or whatever or not like really rolling that well in jiu-jitsu i guess it's different because you can roll actually rolling is mm -hmm. the equivalent of sparring yeah like yeah. which you don't do in other martial arts mm -hmm. that's a, that's the thing is like you actually have to want to be that good yeah. you know what i mean like do you want the colored belt or do you want to actually be that right. yeah, you know what i'm saying true. like do you want me to like this is my problem is like, yeah, people want accomplishments and all that stuff, but they don't want it for them. Black's they, my favorite color. <laughs> they don't, you know, they don't want it for <laughs> yeah. them. Like truly yeah. they want it for the, uh, accolades that comes yeah, with, they uh, want the Instagram post. They want the Instagram yeah. post. They want to be hashtag whatever, you know, hashtag, whatever hashtag they want to put on there. But like, you know, that's false. You know, like you got smashed by fucking blue belt. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, that happened to you. Like you, the mat will never lie. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like I, a lot of people have left the academy that got butt hurt and, and then they got promoted like that at their yeah. new spot. Yeah. Because yeah. it could be, uh, you know, I'm not in any position to promote anybody. But, like, I could probably say confidently that, like, Mike has the skills of a purple belt. But he's not a purple <laughs> no. belt. Yeah. And it, yeah. It's, it's likely that. Mike's coach wants to see something out of him. Yeah. And, he, and he's holding this promotion back. To, to push Mike further. To make me better. Right. So yeah. he's torturing you, but yeah. it's for your own good, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? I've been bleeding from my asshole for, yeah. for fucking years. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, and I know, I know exactly what it is, you know, like I need to fill in all these holes yeah. that I have. Cause like if I, for years I just played to my A game, like you're talking about, like my A game, my A game, my A game. So you're talking about jujitsu. Yeah. So what belt are you in jujitsu now? Blue. You're That's blue. It. It's blue. Okay. I've been blue for the, I'm the longest blue belt in history, right? <laughs> okay. So like, I've been like, and I've had all these battles, you know, in, internal battles, like, oh, it should be this, it should be that. But like, I'm like, I don't like, then I had to let go of all that. You know what I mean? I'm like, when, it, when it's time, it's just going to happen. But it's like, I've gone to other places and I've, not to toot my own horn, like I've I'm, I'm fucked sure. some dudes sure. up, like who are high belted dudes like that's just due to uh mma experience wrestling and all that stuff like 
but that's not jujitsu. Does that make sense? Right. Like yeah, it translates yeah. into grappling yeah. well. Gives you a little bit of an advantage. Yeah, yeah, but my the the game it is is not the it's not the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, uh, to put on like like you look like John Jones purple purple belt right? Israel Adesanya just got his purple belt. Like a lot of MMA fighters are still <laughs> blue yeah. belts, white belt. Like it's because it's the martial art. Like when you start talking about jujitsu, it's like that martial arts like be here, do this, do that, work on like what you're not good at. Cause I could just be like, all right, I'm just not going to go uh, on my back and I'm just going to like smash this dude from top. That doesn't mean why jujitsu. So good. what's the difference between like somebody who's like fighting MMA and they're like a blue belt in this, uh, a brown belt in that, and a, you know, what's below yellow belt on something else. What's the difference between that person versus like the average person that's just going to the gym who's a blue belt in this and yellow belt in that and, and so forth? Probably aggression. <laughs> Aggre yeah. like, I would say like, like athleticism, yeah. Yeah, aggression. aggression. There's a different like, like grit and something. yeah, there's a different intensity that comes with that. Like that, that, that athlete might bring because they had, they're used to sw flipping a switch. So it's not just the skill level. Like, Theoretically, if that person had the aggression or the desire, like they have the skill level to fight at the UFC. Oh, uh, well, I guess I that's say, what I'm I saying. Think, I think you're getting asking. also promoted based on it's like a it's, it's respective to like your situation in the world, you know. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm sure John Jones has better jujitsu than me, but he's not promoted. As right. I mean, yeah, we're still because yeah. it's like I'm, I'm just a fucking lawyer, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like kind of grading him on the John Jones scale, probably. Yeah, yeah. and I like interesting. I've, I've always so purple belts aren't all equal. Nobody, not every belt is yeah, equal. Though. Not every like, belt is like, equal. Like I said, for black belts, there's level for black belts. Oh, for there's sure. Level yeah. the brown belts. Level like I guarantee you, I walk in, in into a spot, I smash a lot of uh, purple belts. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's not to say they 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 suck. It's just like I'm gonna. If I'm not letting my ego do the do the talking, you know, like I'm gonna like just get on top of this dude and like st stay top position and not play my B or C game of like bare bones, <laughs> like gram bureaus, like I can't even my fucking neck would explode. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the fun part of it is like for my students is is like understanding like I'm still a student too, learning like yeah. everything. Like it would be fucking boring. If you thought you had everything figured out, it would yeah. be so fucking like, yeah. oh yeah, like everything's done, like all well, the work is done. I could be, I could master it and move on to a new, brand new challenge in yeah. seven years. Right, yeah. right, right. But right. It's like sticking That's with it. it. They need a black belt speed speed process plan, a seven year black belt plan. Uh, there's a couple places like that. Like, yeah, you know? really? Yeah, but it's that like it seems like that would be impossible, really. Uh, BJ Penn earned oh, his. Yeah, like, there, there's some phenoms that have gone If you're doing it full in. time. Sure. If that's the thing, you have to do it full yeah. time. Because it could be just you based on no your job. hours, not your years. Yeah, yeah you can't thing. have a real job, right. I, I would right. assume. Right. Yeah, you'd have to sleep in the in the academy and just dedicate the and next people year. people do that. A lot of people, yeah. 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 Jiu-Jitsu yeah. is life for real for oh, some man, people. Oh, man, I wish. It'd be awesome if all you had to do was could do was that and not have to work. Yeah, no. My biggest regret was I wasted too much time just doing MMA shit and not like just sticking with Jiu-Jitsu. You know what I mean? I was like, man, like uh, everyone I started with black belts, like my, my first, first ever team, yeah. everyone's a black belt. I'm like, damn, man, I would have, you know, like I would have been this, I would have been that. And it's like, 
the MMA aspect was fun at the moment, but not like it didn't pay off long term. You know what I mean? Yeah. But well, it's so well, cool to fall in love with it, even at whatever yeah. time it is that it comes into your life. Because it's just fun doing a period, you know? Like yeah. it's a What's different game. about the MMA training? Like, what, like, because, yeah, what's different about MMA training? Because isn't it a kind of a combination of the different martial arts? Like you do train this and then you train that discipline and you train that discipline and you just put it together, right? I mean, for the MMA. This is dummy talk asking. Like, yeah, it's it's mixed martial arts, but it's like you'll have specific trainings. Like if I'm like, we're doing boxing with takedowns right now. To, you know what I mean? Or we're doing like wrestling off the cage and you go for a takedown from there. It's like super specific training for a fight. Does that make sense? So you think it took away from the jujitsu training itself? That yeah, journey. like for I me, gotcha, I would just, I, gotcha. I, I would have just been like, I got you. I'm not gonna do any of that. I'm just gonna do jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what you're saying. Uh, and, I, and also, like, for for a long time, like with striking and stuff, I thought it was like, like striking was just uh, a skill set. You know what I mean? Like, but when uh, I got introduced to the Bang Muay Thai system. Like it brought the fun in martial arts back into oh, yeah. the striking because it was like you do uh, Thai boxing for for years. You do boxing for years. It's like all right, like that's fun hitting stuff, right? But it's like learning the the Bang Muay Thai system and like the different levels that are in there and making it that martial arts aspect that mm -hmm. Dwayne uh, does a good job of. It's like fucking fun. You know what I mean? Like it's so fun. It's so fun. Like I wouldn't do any other like striking system it's just like the rest of it's like yeah it would be so cool if there because there's as you could tell there's so much structure in like martial arts but it would be so cool if you could just what i don't know uh go to some other skill set and they had a total system built yeah. around how to teach someone and like make them into an expert in 10 years yeah you know? standardize it sort yeah, of I, maybe there is and i don't know about it but i think that's any like you look at any successful business they have systems put in place yeah. that made them that successful. Like to be able to scale. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If someone is trying to like free ball it, like you're going to fail oh super quick. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just going to train in my garage. You know, those are those dudes that. And they come in stuff. sometimes and you're like, they come oh. in sometimes and they're fucking terrible. Yeah. But I wish uh, to contrast this with just what I do during the day. Uh, I did have a couple years of training at that law firm, but it's for something that, that I don't do at all now. Like those, those, I was doing mergers and acquisitions, but now I'm doing more like litigation. Like, like uh, before we were trying to negotiate to come to a deal, like a business deal. Now we're trying to resolve a dispute. It's, it's completely different. Yeah. The attitude that you go into it is, with is completely different. There were some skills like professionalism and just like detailed oriented that like I was able to translate over. But now I'm like, mostly I don't have a head coach, you know, yeah. I'm like, I'm the coach, the I'm guy. the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's kind of fun because um, you learn from your mistakes, like whatever you screw up, that's instantly the thing that you will then become the best at because you're like, I'm never going to let this happen yeah. again. Um, but it's also kind of tough because sometimes you just wish like there was someone to give you the yeah. answer. And with law, sometimes there, there isn't a clear answer. It's just who yeah. can keep a straighter face when they're saying some bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah. I guess, what sometimes makes it fun. Uh, yeah. The poker face. Uh, yeah. there, there is, I was mentioning before that there's a lot of like the mental game in a negotiation. And it's like, you know, you, someone has the money that you want. 
their job is to give you as as little of that money as possible, and your job is to get as much of the money. Yeah, and that's how we enter into the deal. <laughs> and it's like, I think everyone has their own attitudes going into it. I usually start off with, let me call this guy, introduce myself. Let's like start off with like build up some yeah. respect here. Yeah, other people are totally coming at it differently. But like as soon as someone like crosses you or pushes you too far, then you, then then that your job is to like basically say fuck you back but <laughs> i always start with that but it's it's just funny that like every word that you're saying on the phone call they're reading into every word that you're not saying they're reading into mm -hmm. your pauses they're reading into so like contrasting mossy and i my buddy yeah. he he will <laughs> an important phone call really in like an important phone call he has this kind of skill where he's just like calling he's like calling from his cell phone while he's driving phones on speaker and he's like he'll even he says he has done this before he's like give me a word just give me any word that you want me to like work into this in this conversation <laughs> he's like basically you know how like someone will like be so good at freestyling yeah. they like say give me say a meow. topic yeah <laughs> no, I remember I told him like blueberries or something and he just like finds a way to bring up he's that loose and yeah. comfortable yeah. in that kind yeah. of mm -hmm. situation where like I'm prepping for the call. I'm thinking about what could they ask me? What are my responses going to be? If I give this response, is that still in line with the story that like we're portraying in this yeah. case? Yeah. So I'm coming at it completely differently, but I also like, it's a certain skill to oh, be able yeah. to just go in so like loose and, and just mind fuck someone into yeah. <laughs> doing what you really believe in as being the right thing. So uh, he totally does. I don't want to make it sound like he's just some sort of wild cowboy. Cause he's yeah. just, he's so good at what he does. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, now when we talk about like, or what I do is to sales, right? Sales for the martial arts oh, yeah. Everyone always thinks the moment I bring it, I'm going to lie to them, right? Like it's my job to be like, and it's like, do I believe martial arts works? Yes, motherfucker. There's yeah. a reason I chose yeah, my yeah, life, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's convincing them like about the benefits of martial arts. But initially the first thing to get over, they think I'm going to lie to them. They think I'm going to like try to get, you know, get them yeah, into yeah. something. And like, cause I can't get it. There's a lot of scumbags out there, but when I do this interview process with the people, yeah, then they're trying like, to make them commit, man. Yeah. yeah. But then they get, they understand like, Oh, okay. Like this dude's actually genuine. Yeah. Let me go in and do it. It's like, am I pitching them? Yes. But I'm pitching them in a product. I actually fucking believe right. in, you know? So it's like the same thing. That's why what like so many places, spend thousands of dollars on sales scripts and all mm -hmm. these things to like try to pitch these people the right way you know so we have an interview process we we follow yeah if someone's genuine i feel like you can for the most part pick up on that yeah and it's like you want to be around yeah yeah genuineness yeah. authenticity in a world full of fake and falseness yeah yeah, you, yeah. you la hollywood fucks yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, it's pretty rampant out even outside of la oh, yeah. instagram Oh yeah, that's even worse. We got, yeah. we got nuts with it. It's all over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, what we, else? Uh, what else you got coming up? You got anything coming up? Like you do? You putting out a new YouTube video? You doing anything? Oh man, I wish I I wish I could plan. See that that's one of those things I feel guilty about. Is like as as you can tell, I like to have like a process and uh -huh. approach to things, and I'm just not I'm not there putting out too many other fires for now. But um, as far as what's coming up next, I'm actually really enjoying doing this home remodel which is something totally new for yeah. me so yeah. i get to kind of scratch that itch of something new yeah it's fucking expensive yeah. which is not, <laughs> not the fun part yeah but it, it's it's cool essentially making a home yeah yeah 
the, my, my, my buddy would always say the corny phrase of turning a house into a home. <laughs> but, but that's that's pretty fun. And then I'm ready for that to be over. Yeah. And I like go back to like focusing on work and, and jujitsu yeah. and like just continuing the grind. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's pretty much pretty much it for what's coming yeah. up next. Yeah. Now now where can people find you? What's your YouTube channel? Like where where can they hit you up at if they have any questions? Yeah. Uh, I think on both YouTube and Instagram, which I'm I'm hit or miss on those. I got a life. But, <laughs> but uh, it'll be uh, my account names are This Is Not Legal Advice. Ah, uh, nice. So like just kind of incorporate, embrace the disclaimer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I try to put stuff out occasionally. I'm a, didn't really mention this, but I'm a personal injury and lemon law lawyer. And so I get to help people that either they've been in an accident or they're trying to, you know, someone's trying to screw them. Essentially. Yeah. It's usually like an individual and we're going after a corporation. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to be able to fight after for the, the little man, go after the man, man those yeah. corporate overlords. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend like as a lawyer, I'm not in it for the money, but at least if you can choose the right side to fight on, then at least, you know, yeah. feel good about it. Yeah. I feel good about that. Totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise hopefully they can find me on the mat soon. Yeah. There you go. Well, all right. Well, this has been episode number 38 of the evolved idiots yeah. podcast. Thank you for joining us yeah, today. Thanks for having me. Being here. This was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Enjoyed it. As always, peace and love, people. Power to the people. <laughs>